Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the wizarding world. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Portia. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 24 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, The Wandmaker. Robin is currently coordinating a portkey drop-off, but we'll be back next week. Yay, Portia's here. Also, I think this is the first time you've been here by yourself, which is weird. Is it? Yes. I feel like, but maybe not. It probably is. Yeah. But yay. Um, First, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to join the conversation. Love our blog. Love wizard team. Have a few extra galleons just lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch, so head over to our website to step up your nerd, fashion, and stationary game. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe, and you can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. Boom. And now for Wizard Team News. Yay. <laughs> Guess what? What? Fantastic Beast is coming. When? In 2021. <laughs> In like 80 years. Yay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Just in case y'all were wanting to know, um, it's coming in November of 2021, which is like cool. I guess. Happy Good. I mean I, the only Yeah, the only thought that I have or like thing that I have is like who's gonna care by that I point. Mean, you just see, and not to say that they can't make it happen. Like I am like Maybe they will. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll be able to hype folks back up. Maybe the number three will really be like the comeback, you know, and they'll just really be out here. That's you know anything's possible. But I also think that I mean they probably need the extra time. But also I'm like they were their momentum was already dropping, so having that much time to wait just seems like I don't know. But I also am. I don't care. Like. I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us all by casting another woman of color, and she'll be um, she'll be someone's pr- previous wand, and then um, you know sh- we'll just we'll just love her and her four lines, and then that'll be everything that we needed to come back to the Fantastic Beasts franchise. You know, perhaps, perhaps it'll be it'll. I, you know, I'm not going to say I believe in them, but I'm not going to say I don't. Because, like, who knows? I feel like a good Fantastic Beast film will come the same time we get a good um, opening of the Wizarding World to other writers. Oh, yeah, then that's never happening. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Precisely my thought. All right, cool. Um, all right, and then also, um, at the end of June, we're going to be at La Viosa Con. Of course, you're going to be there too, right? 
Yes, because oh. this girl has doing too much and she's also volunteering. So Ooh. I think Robin is also volunteering. I think I'm yes. the only one not because I was like, "You're smart." I just, You're I didn't, smart. I didn't. I didn't feel like it. I was like, I already know that we'll be doing a lot. But Portia will be there. Robin and I will be there. I'm sure other folks will be there. It should be fun. June 27th to the 30th. So come check it out in Los Angeles. Um, yep. I don't think that we, I know we have like panels that we're on. I don't think that we have thought through any like lo- any like meetups or anything yet, but that's Meet not to say that it won't happen. At Universal yeah. Hollywood, because I'm trying to make that happen. Oh. I've not been there. But and I need to have ice cream, butterbeer ice cream. Oh, yeah. I do not have in Orlando, and I want that. Yep. That sounds like a thing that I would like to partake in. So just meet us at the Wizarding World. Don't we'll, we'll, I don't know what time or day, but you know. We'll figure that out. We'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. You know. Time yeah. is relative, you know? Yeah. We'll be there. It's our. It's already June whatever, you know? June 27th. Right. Boom. Boom. It'll be all right. We'll, we're there already in, in our hearts. Um, and then, cool. So in um, celebration, like anticipation for our fourth anniversary of Black Girls Create, um, we're going to do an owl post episode um where it'll be me robin connie and delia and you can send questions about you know whatever just lingering things you have you want to know our takes on avengers endgame you want to know how we feel about queen Arya stark of of winterfell you know like first of her name first of her name you want to know how we feel about um i don't know jewelry i don't i don't know <laughs> do you want to know how you feel about things that can be harry potter related they can be doctor who related they can be um sibling related sort of you know keep it don't give you don't be creepy y'all keep it classy you know what i'm saying but like really like ask us questions um they can be black girls create related if you'd like to know more about like how we envision um us you know our direction and stuff um it could also just be like a just a fun little hangout thing. Um, send your questions to we, we black and nerds at gmail.com by May 10th. Um, and then we'll like record and edit and stuff, and then it'll come out the following week. So yeah, May 10th, we black and nerds at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Just make sure to put like either mailbag or owl post or like anniversary questions, you know, something so that we know what it is. Um, and then we'll answer your questions on a you know, bonus wizard team episode. Since they're I the one that sent mine, I can't wait to you see them. I know. Like, if anything, Portia, all I know that yours will be super like to be like, hmm, okay, so how to answer these questions? And it'll also, be like, very how great long conversation. Am I be talking? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. And then also in, you know, since we're around the time of our anniversary, we're doing our annual survey. Um, so take it because we want to know how we can improve and we want to know who's who our audience is, um, especially because it seems to have grown a lot in the last two years, year and a half. Um, so we want to use those things to kind of figure out, you know, we have ideas of things we want to do, but we also want to know like what folks want to see. Um so take our survey. It's like it's like maybe 10 minutes, probably less. They're all optional questions. So like if you don't have a, like a strong response to something or you don't really know, you can skip it. It's really not like a big deal. But any thoughts you do have, we would like them. Um, so do that ASAP. Also, you know, I'm going to be tweeting out 
gifts that are slightly judging you for not taking it yet. So if you don't want to feel judged, then take the survey as soon as possible. Thank you. Or if you want positive reinforcement, say that you took the survey and maybe you'll get a, you know, a happy gift. Boom. Positive reinforcement. Somebody did that today. It was great. So what um, happens when you do get in the world? You know, yeah. you get nice gifts. Which is also kind of like a play on words. You get gifts. Gifts. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. And then there's just a lot happening. This is crazy. So in the yeah. Wizarding World, May 2nd, which is tomorrow, Thursday, um, is Victory Day, the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts and the day the magical community came together to defeat Voldemort for good. It is a day of celebration and reminder that all of us can be heroes when we choose love and action over hate. This year, during the Harry Potter Alliance's 10th annual Accio Books campaign, we want to celebrate the joy and hopefulness of the Harry Potter series and fan community by inviting fans to share short flash fics commemorating Victory Day. Um, so this can be, this is May 2nd, so that's tomorrow. So, you know, it's a flash fic though. So like, you could probably do that in a day, you know, just knock it out. Um, it could be anything from like a, a 280 character tweet. You know, I'm partial to haikus. I can't write them, but like, if you wanted to just throw a little victory day haiku out there, that's boom, perfect. Um, 50 word Facebook post, a thousand word Tumblr post or anything in between. So you just like write those things, post it, and then tag the HPA, you can tag us. Um, and then black writers can also submit it, submit, submit their flash fix to Hogwarts BSU. Um, and then we'll post them on the day as well. So I know like there's a couple people who have been planning to do stuff. I've gotten a, a couple things in my inbox that I'm excited about. So like, yeah, do the thing. It's like really short. It, it's, you know, if you have the idea in your head, chances are it's good and you got it. So like, try. And if, even if you like, don't want to, even if you don't know that like yours will be specifically Harvard BSU, like say you want to decide you want to write about like, Pete's I don't know, Mar yeah, Pete, or, yeah, or like Marietta Edgecombe or like, I don't know, Seamus or something. Like if you are within our community, I won't, we can't, we won't post it on Hogwarts BSU, but I'll look at it. Um, especially because it's flash fic, that's gonna, that's not gonna take very long. So um, yeah, so you share the fic um, by posting with the tag, Accio books on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, um, and then folks will reblog it and read it and give you nice thoughts. And we can all be in our feels about the Battle of Hogwarts together. Or the also, this is Portia's idea, so so there's that as well. You know. Yeah, it's my fault. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know what? You know, I know this. This like the greatest little collaboration. We do a lot of collabs with the HPA, but Portia was like, I'm on both squads and this yep. works for both squads. So boom. And she was right. And it's great. And it'll be fun. And even the concept, we were like, oh, we need to promo Accio books and we should do something around Victory Day. What can we do? And I was like, why don't we merge these ideas? And they were boom. like, okay. Yeah. And now lots of people have more work to do. And it's great. Yes. Because I'm pushing myself, but I'm right. I'm a mess. See, I'm waiting on I'm waiting on stuff from Portia. So there. Uh, not waiting on stuff from me though, but that's just because <laughs> I I just I can't. But I will edit things. I will look at things really hard. You know. I feel like you know your boundaries versus me, and I'm like boundaries. What are those? What are those? <laughs> There's infinite time. There's infinite. <laughs> time and things to do Let's i am do like i'm like i'm i'm a recovering person who did that because i did that fairly like maybe like um like two years ago and then i crashed really hard 
So I'm like, I'm trying very, I still like, I, my capacity is still fairly large. I just can tell what my brain is able to like, it's more like the types of things versus the amount of things. So if I just know my brain's not gonna be able to pull out a fic, then I just won't do it. But if, but I could also like edit 10 fics and you know, same amount of time, just a different brain. But you thing. also just like, don't promise yourself fics. You're like, you know what? That if too. I happen to make a fic, I'll make a fic. I'm, I'm also on a mission to not write any other fics after the one that I'm currently writing. Nobody will believe me, but I believe me. I believe in myself. Do you mean fanfic or do you mean your actual Fan, fanfic? Fanfic. Okay. No, no, no. I yeah. That's no. a Definitely. lot of fic right there. Of course it's like, how dare you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Act like fanfic. I'm trying to. Somebody's gonna hear this or pop up in the Slack and yell at me, but yes. Still. It's my goal. Um, cool. Moving on. We have new patronuses. So shout out to Claire and Alexandra. Uh, you the best. We appreciate you. Uh, another one. You know, walk in the spirit of one Arya Stark of Winterfell. You know, you're I'm glad you're to wonderful. have another Patronus on a Patronus team. You know, you know, we're here for each other in the Slack. Just you know, you're out here. Um, and then magical birthdays. So today is Michael's birthday. Shout out to Michael, um, who you may know from our Hogwarts um, mystery bonus episode because she was on that episode. Um, talking about the video game that I have stopped playing, but like, you know, it was a fun conversation. <laughs> it was a great conversation. And then I think I stopped maybe like a month after and it's still on my phone. So there's always the chance that I'll go back, but that doesn't have anything to do with Michael's birthday. So happy birthday, Michael, you know, like shout out to you. I hope you're having a great birthday. That's also on wizard team Wednesday. You know, that's a win. Um, it's Taurus season. So that too is cool. Um, and yeah. Think other than yeah, I think that's it. Previously on Wizard, did you say Claire's name too? Yes, I did. I kind of said them together, not like okay, yeah. Um, okay. Previously on Wizard Team, we ended up at the Malfoy's house, which was not very fun. Um. You don't say. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, they didn't just kind of like welcome Harry in with open arms, as you, I mean, as one would think. When you walk into up to a manor house and you see an albino peacock and you know it's Malfoy Manor, do you not already assume like good times? It's right. Like party. It's time to get down. It's a turn up. You think, oh, no? okay, I'm, we're about to be out here like freshly dipped. You know, Harry. Harry left his fur coat because they had got caught and so he didn't get a chance to like put on he the wasn't ready. He's for ready before. Yeah. He was like, if I'm gonna go see Draco, you know, I let him know like I run his house too. But I can't do that without my, you know, trusty wand and my trusty, you know, furs. They just so happen to be out of commission right now, you know? Yeah, but but it didn't it didn't work. Yeah. But you know. At least he was reunited with some friends. Yeah, he saw uh, Luna. Luna was there. Not, you know, she's she's alive and a little bit well. She's weller than Ollivander, who is just alive. They see Dean, who is also alive and, like, you know, caught just like them, but, like, he's here. And he doesn't look like he's all that banged up. He's just, like, a muggle-born along for the ride. Um, and just happens to get lucky to be with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, who, to get caught with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, well, you know, they always get out of things. So yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But not without like Hermione getting tortured by Bellatrix Lestrange because she thinks that they went to her vault. Um, not without Harry having to like have visions of Voldemort talking to Grindelwald. Um, not without Ron yelling like a like on the top like of like a lunatic as if he was the one being tortured. You yes, because mm-hmm. we care so much about how he feels about Hermione's torture. Right, while Dean mm-hmm. wallows in, in the darkness, you know, alone. Mm-hmm. While he wallows yeah. in the tears, um, and then, uh, Harry pulls out the the shard of um. The mirror that once could have been used for something else What's in the past. It? And do we wanna do we wanna talk about we don't. Mm. I don't think we do. Mm. Mm. He uses it this time, so like he sort of learned a lesson. He still thinks he's talking to Albus, but like, you know, whatever. Help comes, you know? No. Um, so then Dobby comes and he gets Ollivander, Dean, and Luna out, even though Dean and Luna definitely wanted to help. Um then they Sneak up out of the cellar. Uh, Wormtail uses um, or shows mercy. So then uh, he shows like the tiniest second of mercy, just like a little hesitation. And his little gloved hand was like, Oh, no, the fuck you didn't. And then chokes them out. So that was that was awkward. Um, and then Dobby comes back while they're like fighting the Malfoys and Bellatrix and Greyback. He gets everyone out, but he also gets a knife to the stomach. So that's kind of where we left off. So feels. All the feels, because this was the first time ever in my life I ever cried. Seriously? On, on like, any, like, media of any kind. Like, seriously, like, I've never cried. My mom cried every single time the Mufasa scene happens in Lion King. Yeah. And I was like, girl, I don't know what that's about. Like, it's sad, but okay. Like, it's okay. <laughs> and as soon as my I read Dobby's death, I was just like, so y'all just y'all just killing my man's? You just yeah. He didn't do that to nobody. Okay, all right. My I was in my feelings, and I started crying for the first time. Mm. And it's like the first read of this like final book, and it was just all those feelings. Yeah, I think every I think like I think the closest I've ever I've come in these books is Fred's death. Which I just also kind of like ignore. So I, just, I just don't like to think about George on his own. But like, I think that like, I love trouble. your I love your judgmental silence. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that's I think that's the closest I've gotten. But like, I think every because I also think that partially like all the other times I was just kind of in shock. So I didn't get to, I, and I also am not like a crier in like in that kind of way. So like, I was I mean, just like, what? You know, like I'm like I think every all the other times people like Hedwig, Dobby, like I was just like, wait, what? No, that can't like yeah. that just is I not. Think very similar in that maybe it's like because we're INTJs or whatever. But yeah, like, I when Dumbledore died, I was like, so he's he didn't I did not he did not die like in my yeah. brain. He's gonna he just floated backwards down he's his tower. Good. He, he was gonna be right. Yeah, and then even before that, when Sirius went behind the veil, I was like fully expecting. In book four, or I mean, in book six, for them to be like, "Oh yeah, so serious died." Like, there's gonna be there's gonna be a quest to go behind the curtain and figure out what's you know you know be safe. Mm-hmm. They messed me up yeah. with this one. Yeah, I mean, I think like honestly, like even just reading like you know, I've I've read lots of you know 
books with feels. And like, I think the quote, like actually I was really surprised when I was reading um, A Dance with Dragons and when John gets stabbed. And like, I, I just was like, like it was just like one tear. <laughs> and it kind of and it surprised me too. Like as I was, I was just like, wait, no. And then it just kind of like fell. <laughs> the book here. It was, was like, wait, here. am I crying? <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, I think that's um, like, that's, an odd, and I really didn't even believe that. And, I, you know, like now, obviously, like, with yeah. the show, even before, like, the show had gotten to that point, I didn't, I didn't think he was, like, dead, dead. But, dead, and even, dead. and even watching the show, I didn't cry. But reading right. it, it was like, a, it was a different thing where I was in shock. And then it just was like, whoop. <laughs> I was like, wow, that never had that happen before. <laughs> it really gets in your head. Like, I think the only other time I've cried reading was A Fault in Our Stars and ugh. yeah well see I didn't I just got I read it like I was on a work trip and it was like the day before it was really gonna pop off and I finished it and I was like oh I, I can't go into this like feeling this way but I didn't cry like I usually I don't I don't cry when I'm sad mm-hmm. so like usually I just feel it real deep but like tears yeah. don't come yeah so I was just kind of sitting there like wow this is heavy I need to find something that's like fun to do before tomorrow yeah, like say I never I I feel it in my chest. Yeah, and then I just like you know it just goes away, it dissipates over time, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I I was like on the train reading a fault oh, in our God. stars, and like I was like oh no oh no what is what is this like right. what? <laughs> like I wasn't ready like come what? on what with tears what are these what, what? are they even for why why do you betray me what is what is this liquid like yeah. Yeah. Um, Maggie says that she cried today on her train, like doing her reread of this chapter. Um, DJ says that she stopped re- reading it for the first time. Um, Lucia says that her best friend and she uh, wore black bands for the Fallen, but mostly Fred. The Monday after Harry Potter Seven came out, the most extra sixth graders ever, <laughs> which is wonderful. <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that it's just like. Um, and then DJ said that she didn't cry for Sirius or Dumbledore, but did tear up for Harry's response to both. Um, whereas Dobby and Fred broke her heart just on their own, which I feel that. I think Fred, what also got me with Fred, um, it's just rude and like, obviously we'll get there in like a few weeks, but like, unfortunately, but like, the other thing I hate is that it mirror the way that he- she mirrors Sirius' death. And then I'm just like, fuck you, because you also brought in Sirius. And like, I was like over, not over it, but like I could- Major piece- yeah, and even like, and even like, his he gets brought up after that, and I'm just like, cool. But then when he's like, just in the same way, I'm like, no, get out of my face, like leave me alone. Similarly, in this chapter, when Harry is over here talking about Dobby's death and Dumbledore's death, mm-hmm. just like talk, he puts them back to back, back to it's back, all, the much. whole like way. I'm like, oh, so you just wanted me to cry? Like, yeah. I I feel like maybe this is why I cried because like all this, I just you know, at the time I was reading it, I read it all together. I wasn't just doing chapter by chapter. Exactly. So you don't have I time just, to like take a minute. No, um, I was okay. So before we jump in, real quick, let's take a break for our sponsor. Do 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 do. So chapter twenty four, the wand maker. This chapter is there's like a lot happening in this chapter. They could have put this. Uh, <laughs> They could have split I it up. was, they could have. I mean, and I, we say they, but, but like, okay. yeah, Except girl. Because <laughs> like as I was reading, because like the last chapter I think is longer, but it's mm-hmm. only like one kind of scene. Whereas like Narrative, this is just yeah. so many things happening back to back, but it's not as long. And so it was, yeah. As I was reading it, I was like, there's so much to talk about. Um, 
So it was like sinking into an old nightmare for an uh, for an instance. Harry knelt again beside Dumbledore's body, which is like Portia was just saying, it's rude. Like we don't have to we don't have to have both. But also, when did Harry be when did he kneel beside Dumbledore's body on the floor of the tallest tower? Because I think it was right into the battle with the Death Eaters right after no, at the, the foot. Yeah, so after he like he chases Snape out mm-hmm. into the grounds. And then mm-hmm. he's walking back with Hagrid and Hagrid is like, what is that? Like, um, you know, at the bottom of the tower. And then Harry's like, shit, that's Dumbledore. And then he like goes over there and I think Jenny kind of pulls him away and they go to the hospital wing. But like he, for there's a moment where he kind of is like sitting next to Dumbledore while he's like on the, on the lawn. I never registered that. I'm like, even through my multiple rereads, I've never yeah. registered that. I'm going yeah. to, I'm rereading currently. I'm like on book, I'm halfway, when I'm mostly through book four. Okay. So I will look out for that in book six. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's been a couple of moments in in these where like a chapter or like a sentence will come, like will pop up and I'm like, I ne- just, did I just skip it? Like I just, yeah. <laughs> like how did I never see that? That's been happening. To, like I said, I'm like mostly through book four and there's been a couple sentences through the past four books where I've been like, wait a minute, is this a different edition? Cause right. I have read these books too many times and I don't remember this sentence that helped me give background on this thing being mm-hmm. in here. Yeah. yeah. It's very strange. Or like, just like weird, like quirky little wizard things too. Yeah. Where I'm like, Oh, this is happening in the background of like this really serious conversation. And like, I just yeah. totally tuned it out. And it's probably it's because we've become such like critical fans now that we're just like we, the things that we have questions about, like, Oh, who knew that the canon actually had questions for what the fans have. And you don't have to make things up and put them on right. Twitter more. Right. Man. A word. Um. So uh he's staring at a tiny body curled upon the grass pierced by bellatrix's silver knife um harry's voice was still saying dobby dobby even though he knew that the elf had gone where he could not call him back which again call back to serious why are we doing this it's all of it and i mean i get it and she's really good at writing grief but i also would like her to not I feel like she wrote these books so that she could write about grief and I don't appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate it and I don't appreciate it. Like, yeah, like work through your own stuff, but like, yeah. did you leave us out of it? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe just like let us breathe, perhaps. So then after a minute, he realizes that they were in the right place. So like before when they operated, he wasn't sure because he's never been to Shell Cottage. He's just like, we're here. Dobby's like passing out. He's about to die. Like I, he hasn't fully like registered where he's at. Um, but Bill and Flora, Dean and Luna were gathered around him as he knelt over Dobby. Um, he asked about Hermione, um, but Ron has taken her inside. Um, and Bill says that she'll be all right. But like, I don't think she's been fully looked at yet. I think it's probably just like, you need to rest, you know? Um, but she's not like, there's nothing fatal happening with her. She's, you know. Just psychological. Just, um, no? Just, <laughs> only just. Um, so Harry takes the um, knife from uh, Dobby's body and then drags off his own jacket and covers Dobby uh, with it like a blanket. Um, and then they're, you know, they're like, okay, we need to, you know, get in the house because it's not, um, it's not really safe where they're at. But like, nobody really knows where they are, but they need to not be just out out in the open yeah um so dean takes a grip hook into the house floor hurrying after them um bill is making suggestions about burying the elf and harry's like 
yeah, like, let's do this. At the same time, um, he's seeing Voldemort punishing those they left behind at Malfoy Manor, which, like, wow, sucks to suck for them. Also, he's probably, he's just, like, it's so many things, because he's, like, dazed from, Mm -hmm. you know, Dobby dying and him, like, taking the knife out of his body and just, like, he's, like, this, he's dead. Like, he's dead. I'm. He's making, like, that come together in his brain. Like, Dobby's no longer here. And then he's also, so he's just dazed. He's in a new place. So he's dazed from that. And then, like, he's also at the same time seeing the vision of what Voldemort is doing. And it's really awful. And he's just, like, he's, he's not there on any level. Yeah. And, like, and then awful, he can't even really be there for Voldemort's vision. Like, he's saying, like, his rage is dreadful, but Harry's grief for Dobby seemed to diminish it. So, like, it's one of the things we see, um, like, even in, I guess, like, the first time we see it is in Order of the Phoenix when Voldemort kind of possesses Harry for, like, two seconds. And oftentimes, like, the strongest moment where Harry is able to really defend himself against Voldemort is when he's feeling grief. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, really it's love, but there are... But I think that that's when he probably feels it the strongest and like the most urgently, I guess. Um, and yeah. so he's kind of like, so his brain is just like, I don't have time for whatever bullshit you got going on, Tom. Like I have to deal with like what my feelings are, even if he's still not fully like there. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that Dumbledore, after realizing in book five that Harry's able to drive Voldemort out of his his body, out of his head. Um, because of his grief for Sirius at mm-hmm. the ministry, um, he doesn't understand on a bigger, deeper level that the only way for Harry to be able to accurately and like actually fight Voldemort off with diplomacy is to actually learn how to utilize it from a place of love, and that could never come from Snape, right? Um, and it's like for all Dumbledore knows, and you know, like we see this in this chapter because Harry has moments where he's thinking about how Dumbledore would have approached things and how he would think through how Harry, Harry thought through things. Um, Harry re- like has a lot of high regard for Dumbledore, but um, the shortcomings of Dumbledore for himself, he's not quite like getting there yet. He's still idealizing him in the way of like he sees his flaws, but he doesn't see the flaws in their relationship, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the chat, Lucia says that um, Harry's grief here is so real. This is when Harry truly matures. Um, Sirius's death was the grief of a teenager. Dobby's death is the grief of a man. Um, I agree. I feel like this chapter a lot, you just kind of see him finally making these um, decisions and kind of coming to these realizations about like what's really, it's like, you know, he spent a lot of time thinking about like what he wants to do or what he thinks should happen as opposed to just like what has to happen. And I think this is the chapter where he's very much like, okay, like this is just like what it is and then taking things for what they are. Um, uh, And then Lucia continues and says that Harry views love as grief because so many of the people he has loved have died and it's become synonymous to him. Um, She also believes that grief um, and love blocks Voldemort out because it's through grief that we see the true value of life, something that Voldemort never understands, not for life or life's sake, but the life of this one particular person who is loved and regarded simply by being and being for the brief time they are with us. It is the finality of life that gives it value and not its length. Um, which I agree. And I think that like, we see this to aspect, like again, in, in uh, Order of the Phoenix, like Voldemort is afraid of that too, you know? Like, and so he's unable to possess Harry in that way because he doesn't understand it, but also he's like afraid of it. Um, and kind of disregards it. it's like when you know like when you're scared of shit and you try to act like I'm like I'm out here and you're really not and so like the way that you react to those things like 
it's like you try to disregard it in order to make it not scary to you or you try to like kind of diminish it um when in reality like yeah you're, you know still weak as hell so you try to shove it in your um subconscious mm-hmm. um and then i think i think um, and we're gonna see that you know once we keep going through this chapter but i think that one of the big things that i noticed especially in reading back through the earlier books is that harry has a lot that he's dealing with like um, you know, toxic masculinity and like um, just patriarchy in general, like and thinking through like, oh, having emotions in a certain way is a weakness. Right. And he's having to fight against himself of allowing himself to feel feelings and then also fighting seeing those feelings as a weakness. And it's like, you, it's a very apparent in the earlier books because he's like younger and he still has that like Vernon really did a number on this boy. Like, yeah, Vernon is really bad for you saying like, "Oh, Dudley doesn't want to be like those Nancy boys with good grades or anyway." Like he, like he has this whole thing. And Harry, for all that he you know dislikes the Dursleys, he picks that up. You're, you know, your person. You grow up with those things, and it kind of comes part of you. And even if you think that you're doing against it, it's still part of you. Um, and so like he. A lot of his, I think, his personal woes and battles have a lot to do with dealing with feeling an emotion, letting himself be that in that emotion, and just be himself versus just fighting it the whole time. And you right. can't fight everything here. You can't fight yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oops. Excuse me. Um, so then... Uh, Harry says, I want to do it properly, not by magic. Um, Asks Bill if he has a spade, which is, you know, a shovel. Um, So I think it's interesting. Like, I like this moment a lot, but I think, like, the wording is interesting. Like, he says properly versus, and then, like, sets that opposite of magic. Right. Um, And I sort of get it, because in this case, like, the point is that he wants to be able to, like, do labor for Mm -hmm. Dobby in the way that Dobby has done labor for him. Although, you know, Dobby is a magical creature, so it's not like he just has been you know, walk, he didn't walk from Hogsmeade all the way to Malfoy Manor. Um, but yeah, so just the wording of that was, is always, has always like been interesting to me that he like doesn't say, oh, I want to like get my hands dirty. You know what I mean? Or like, I, like, I just, I don't want to do it by magic. He's very much like, I want to do it properly. Um, and I mean, if you think about like the last time, I mean, yes, he is the herbology and, you know, they're digging around there and putting things away, but when is the last time he actually sat and did manual labor for hours and just like, you know, sat in there and his thoughts and did his things. And I feel like that probably was during like the first couple of books, whenever he was at the Dursleys, uh, Petunia had him working around the house and doing the gardening and pruning stuff or whatever, especially during the chapter where they're gearing up for like Aunt Marge and everything. Like he, so he really does associate, he knows what he, benefits from having that time of solitude and like yeah. heavy labor and how that helps him think through things yeah um how it helps him get away from whenever he's feeling pain it's like a it's like his own personal therapy session because he's that's been the main way he's coped whenever he's in pain with the dursleys and this is probably like a very similar pain mm-hmm. i mean this is very much like the way that he feels like he can repay dobby back and i mean like especially like i mean we've seen and we've like taught i mean there's a lot of issues with the house elves I think this particular moment is like kind of what she was going for the whole time um but didn't really like land on right um 
But it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the time, so like Harry sets Dobby free in Chamber of Secrets and then Dobby, you know, he like loves Harry and like wants to help him, but it also often feels like he's doing all he can to pay Harry back. Um, and so have, in this moment, yeah, it feels like, which is not necessarily like he should be, but it just feels like sometimes there's like, it's partially like, no, nah, I just really like fuck with Harry Potter tough, but also like it feels like some other thing, like an undercurrent. Um, and I feel like in this moment, is this is Harry, like, because I don't think that Harry fully, like, yeah, he, like, was like, yeah, Dobby, you want to help me? Then, like, sure. Like, you know, I got stuff for you to do. But I feel like this is the moment where Harry can really show him his appreciation, because I think setting him free wasn't really that. You know? Especially because yeah. at that moment, like, Dobby had really been fucking up his whole year, to be honest. Like, just to be. Yeah. You know. And if you think about, like, I and mean, we're going to get there whenever we get to um, Luna's eulogy for um, Dobby, but I think the journey of Dobby from being the non-entity that he didn't had no idea about, who somehow came into his house mm-hmm. <laughs> or the house um, in the beginning of book two, and then him freeing him, which you know was almost as much him feeling like it was the right thing to do as it was a, like a snubbing the nose of the Malfoys. And then it evolves over time from, you know, being, you know, kind of paying the Malfoys back and freeing, you know, Dobby at the same time. It becomes a whole relationship. Right. Um, so, okay. So, so shortly after afterwards, he set, uh, set to work alone, digging the grave in the place that Bill had shown him at the end of the garden. Um, he dug with a kind of fury, relishing the manual work, glorying in the non-magic of it for every drop of his sweat and every blister felt like a gift to the elf who had saved their lives. Um, and that's the other thing. Like, he he died, like, saving them, right? Like, I think I like if he had lived, it's still like, yo, Dobby, you really a real one? I got, like, a lifetime supply of socks for you. But, like, death is different, right? Like, it's a different way that I think he kind of feels guilty, too, because he, like, brought him there. But then it's not like Dobby wouldn't have done it knowing what like the outcome would be either i feel like um, a lot of death i feel like a lot of death a lot of funerals like they say funerals are for the living like that's that's what's happening here is mm-hmm. um funerals are for the living like you sit there and you you the person who's passed away they if you felt like you didn't spend enough time with them or you because you always feel that way you felt like you didn't do enough things with them but like all these things come like what if what could have been what should have been right um and then that just leaves you in this place of like, like perpetual, like I could have done better. So you feel like you're never doing enough. So the mm-hmm. least he can do is to do this, you know, actual physical labor and pour his like emotion in his thoughts in it. Um, but I feel like that's also just like grief itself. Like a lot of grief is um, grieving what could have been. Right. Totally. Um so his scar burned and he was master, uh, but he was master of the pain. Um, he felt he felt it yet was apart from it. He had learned to control it as la- at last, sorry. Um, learned to shut his mind to Voldemort, just as Voldemort had not been able to possess Harry while Harry was consumed with grief for Sirius. So again, just like bringing up old shit that nobody asked for. Um, so his thoughts could not penetrate Harry now while he mourned Dobby. Grief, it seemed, drove Voldemort out, though Dumbledore, of course, would have said it was love. But I think like, that's a very hairy thought, you know? Cause like, you wouldn't feel grief if you didn't feel love for the person that you're grieving. But like I, it's I, very much a part of it. 
I feel like it's very much a part of Harry dealing with again. Like he's not able to call emotions what it what they are because he's still fighting that um, um certain emotion is just you know how do I deal with that? Yeah, does that make me weak? And it's I think through this passage of time, like through Dobby's death, he's finally thinking through grief and how that actually is not a weakness, and he's finally right. seeing it because he's he's actually seeing grief being the boundary line that keeps him blocked off from Voldemort like he's saying like Dumbledore always wanted him to do mm-hmm. so I think because he can see the clear like linear like relationship here he's like oh okay so this is how this works like the love that Dumbledore recalled this this that's legit I can see that now because I can see it working in front of me right Mm, okay so yeah so harry keeps digging um the things that happened at malfoy's at the malfoy's returns to him um a steady rhythm of his arms beat time with his thoughts hallows horcruxes hallows horcruxes yet he no longer burned with that weird obsessive longing which thank goodness i mean you know sucks that we had to go through all this for that to happen but i was over it at least it felt unnatural to him like at least he knew like when he was feeling it he was like oh this he was is, like oh yeah that was weird this is not yeah this is not right shouldn't, yeah um but i also feel like it was like a it's a posthumous thing like i think while he was in it he was just like i'm just like this is the most important and now he's like oh that was really strange probably should that was like obsession i probably yeah, know that. yeah don't like that <laughs> <laughs> um so as he's he's like uh still digging he knows where voldemort had been that night um, and whom he had killed at the topmost cell of Nurmengard, and why. So he realizes that Voldemort had been talking to Grindelwald. Um, he thought of Wormtail, dead because of the small unconscious impulse of mercy. Um, Dumbledore had foreseen that. How much more had he known? Um, he soon rejoined by Ron and Dean. Um, we find out Hermione's okay, but she's being looked after by Floor. Um, Harry is like feeling a little defensive. He's ready to buck up if anybody asks him why he's not digging the grave by magic. But Ron and Dean don't ask him because, you know, they are both real ones and instead just, you know, join in. They brought their own shovels. They're ready. They're ready. They're like, oh, we're digging graves out here. Got you. Um, They're all releasing stress. Like, they're all stressed. And they're all kind of, like, trying to pour their love and, like, thanks into this as well. Um, And I think also for Harry because, they've you know, Harry's been out here for hours. He probably struggling. He got skinny arms. They're like, you know, three... Three people, six hands are better than two. You know, you know, Dean is tall, Ron is tall. You know, they they both tall. So like, they can make it deeper than Harry can make it. You know, but the tallness to work is all I'm saying. And they they peep the vision. They realize. They look at each other and they were like, you know what? Maybe we should just let's go lend a hand. Let's go help a scrawny man. You know, you know, yeah. Um, Maggie says in the British edition it says spades, which it does. It says it in this too. Yeah, I've just been. She's been. Uh, I've been yeah. Americanizing it. She's been taking liberty with the words <laughs> that she. <you love. laughs> yes, it does say spades in here too. But I think like around like maybe maybe like at a certain point they 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 stopped um, using spades. No, they stopped like Americanizing the slang in here, or like I certain words. They, they kind do of just certain kept things. It. Not all the time. Things, like I think yeah. elevator they might keep. I don't think yeah. they use lift. Lifts. Uh, like, I think they but, like 
I think they do things that could be confusing, like jumper versus sweater. Because yeah. like we just, you know, Americans never call jumpers sweaters. I mean, no. sweaters jumpers. So we have like, other things that we call jumpers as well. Right. So it's like for the confusing things like that, I see them. I usually see that that's like a very normal thing that they change yeah. in the books. They even change soccer and football sometimes. Yeah. But I feel like they kind of like, as as they get older, they just, they don't do it as much. Like, I think they're like, this lady's They're British. Like, you got deal it. with it. Yeah, y'all, y'all been here enough that you can figure it out. And context. then you know, which like is that. true. No, because like I remember, I was reading. Um, so my mom, I got my mom to read the to read the Cormoran Strike novels. I don't think she's read the last one. I haven't, but she likes mysteries. And I was like, well, this is J.K. Rowling, so that's why I was reading it. But then I was like, but you like mysteries, so you should read it. And she was having a hard time because of like the Britishisms. And I, that had never occurred to me as, like, a thing. But then I was, like, I've been reading, like, her Harry books and, like, watching, like, British TV because of Harry Potter and stuff, like, since I was a kid. So it just doesn't bother me. Whereas, like, yeah. if I was reading it at, you know, as an adult for the first time, I would be, like, I don't know what, what's happening here. I watched um, so much British TV. And I I was into Spice Girls heavy, like, when they came out. So mm-hmm. I think it was one of my first Anglophiliac desire came from yeah and like been, i've stayed with british things spice girls so i just blame them for all of that yeah but it's like i mean if you're especially if you're like young enough it's because you know when you read all the time words come up that you don't know but if you get it in context then you kind of it's like oh pull from it yeah. yeah so you can like figure it out um okay cool so then um they so they get the uh the grave is is deep enough now harry wraps dobby more sn- snugly in his jacket um ron pulls uh or puts his socks on Dobby's feet in shoes which which is just well I'm I'm not clear did he put the shoes I I wasn't clear I'm hoping he did not put his his shoes on yeah I assumed I it's not clear but I assume that he like took the shoes off to take the socks off and then put his shoes back on I'm hoping because because he would need he still needs those shoes. It's not like he has. He not like he got all his his kicks. I mean, he's the... like Emilio, like Jamilio them or whatever, and maybe they just be like a you know copy pair of shoes. True, true. But at this point, if you put Ron's tall and feet shoes on Dobby, who's a house elf, they're like clown shoes, and yeah. you don't put that man into like a clown. Like no, no. But no. the socks, though, like I, I really appreciate it too. Like that, Ron does this because I think I, uh, I don't it remember which book four. It is. is it four? Um, because it yes. was like I couldn't remember which one. Where like Ron is kind of like, oh, you know, I think I think Dobby, yeah, because Dobby comes and Harry's like, oh, I got you. He like gives him Uncle Vernon socks, and yep. Dobby's like, these match. So like, what's what's good? And Ron's like, oh, here, take Ron, these socks, and you can mix them up. And then Dobby's like just distraught and like beside himself with like joy glee yeah he's just so happy about it so i like that while like in that moment like it was very much a thing that ron did and he was just like you know he was you know it's just being nice he's like sure just take these socks i don't care um but he also knows that like that's especially because that's you know that's his first interaction with dobby really yeah but it's also dobby's first like clothes that he was given or socks and i think that ron like it's his favorite clothing item yeah and i like that ron like knows that and you know they've had less interactions than like harry and ron i'm sorry harry and dobby um but the fact that he like ron physically takes off his socks and gives them to dobby in that moment is like really sweet to me um yeah it was a nice callback there's a lot of callbacks in this chapter Mm -hmm. lots of onions being cut as well um and then dean produces a woolen hat 
um, which Harry puts carefully on Dobby's head. I wonder if it's like one of Hermione hats because you know she was just like he just saved it. You know, like, canon. <laughs> That's it's it's canon now. It's what happened. He was like like Ron while Ron was making fun of her for putting out you know knitwear for the elves. He was like, and he and Dean saw that the like he ran into one of the houses one day as they were cleaning up, and they saw them being like, you know, he was they didn't know what to do with all these clothing; they couldn't touch mm-hmm. it. It's like I'll take it for you, and he's like, also Hermione, thank you. Yeah, he's like, I mean, that kind of looks like a hat. I could probably rock it, you know. Yeah. I could, I'll make it work. I mean, I'm 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 tall. Nobody will ask me any questions about this. I'll just put it on my head, you know. Hmm. Um. So then uh, we should close his eyes. Um, Harry had not heard the others coming through the darkness. Um, so that's Luna who says that. Um, Fleur, so Bill is wearing a traveling cloak. Fleur is uh, in a large white apron from which the po- uh, from which uh, protruded a bottle of what Harry recognized as Skelligro. I do like, I just want to kind of pause a little bit. Like I appreciate that Fleur is here and she's like doing, you know, the work and mending folks. But like they, once she gets married, she's very much just like a, Molly, Baby Molly, and it's, and it's very strange. not true to character. No, it's and it's like she not to say that she can't be like loving or even that she can't be like the healer of yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like she, we don't know what she studied when she was in school, so she could totally do that, right? She could be like a like Madame Pomfrey or something, um, or at least have been like training for that. But it just yeah. is like weird that like the minute, I mean, the Tonks is a similar thing too. Granted, she's like pregnant, pregnant when all this stuff is going on, so that's slightly different. Um, in terms of like what she may or may not feel comfortable doing, right. but also J.K. Rowling wrote this, so it's really like what J.K. Rowling feels comfortable making. It's like the weirdest do. thing. Like, it, like J.K. Rowling, she is, you know, white ministry, white sorry, <laughs> white feminist <laughs> ministry, white feminism is her ministry, mm-hmm. and therefore you would think that she would have all these different kinds of women in her mind but she only seems to be able to like visualize one kind of woman nurture like she can't think of more than than one way that a woman can be nurturing which is very odd mm-hmm. yeah it's very and like i don't even think she realized i mean of course did, she did it. It's, it's very like yeah, Maggie, um, Maggie's saying that she went to work for Gringotts, so something isn't adding up, which is like, yeah, I mean, you know, you can be, you can just have some Skeletor girl lying around, I assume. I don't know right. what the, like, reg- regulation I mean, is for right. that, you know? And maybe it's in a first aid kit. Could maybe be like, na- yeah, it could be like NyQuil or some shit, I don't know, but like, right? it just feels like it's, she's not doing it, anything else. But then it negates how well Madame Pomfrey does her work, because you just, when you first hear about, hear about Skeletor you think like, oh, this is like a legit, like you can only get this from like a, you know, it's not over the counter. You have like, you have to actually go to the pharmacist or this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I don't know. Cause like in the four, fourth book as well, this is, this is what happens when I'm in the middle of rereading the books. Um, I mean, uh, Ron makes that joke about Hagrid. He's like, oh, you know, I never thought Hagrid was a giant. I thought he just like got into a bottle of Skelligrow as a child. Right. It's like, so is Skelligrow just like you know a pen? It's like all over every wizarding house. Like yeah, you know, it's just like just has you know, alcohol, rub, like just rubbing alcohol. Just just be, rub them bones in the- back in, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, Aaliyah points out that Flora, as a teenager, joined a dangerous contest that could have led to her death. 
then dated a curse breaker and then joined a guerrilla or guerrilla organization. So like, she's always been about that life and not say like, I mean, you know, if you're about that life, you should know how to heal yourself and others. Perhaps it's like, not, yeah, yeah, well, not a bad skill to have, but a bit mean all that. Yeah. But it's just like, all of a sudden she's just in the background and she's not doing anything real. I mean, not that she's not doing anything, but her role is very defined. And very like, yeah. Um, and it's, and you know, and I don't, I mean, okay, I guess she like, you know, of all the roles to play in this chapter, I guess that's, you know, the role that needs to be fulfilled. And maybe she's just being quiet because I, in my, in the best of like thoughts, I'm thinking she's being like JK Rowling did her, like she made Floor quiet in this chapter because she determined that Floor would understand that quiet was needed or something. Like, mm. I don't know. That was I mean, maybe. Me being hopeful. Yeah. Um. So then. Who else is there? Hermione's wrapped in a borrowed dressing gown, pale and unsteady on her feet. Ron uh, puts an arm around her. Um, Ron? Him. <laughs> For now, I just have to, I have to, you know, we have to um, wait on some some fanfic to rewrite it. But That's now, literally my note in my book is Ron. Ron? <laughs> Dean is right there. Right. Um, <laughs> so then... Luna um, is huddled inside of in one of Flora's coats, crouches down and, and closes Dobby's eyes and says, "There, um, now he could be sleeping." Which... I have teardrops in my book at this. Oh, yeah, it's it's too much. Um, so Harry places uh, Dobby in the grave um, and climbs out. He forces himself not to break down as he remembered Dumbledore's funeral. He felt that Dobby deserved just as grand of a funeral, um, and yet. Here, the elf lay between bushes in a roughly dug hole. Um, Luna's like, I think we ought to say something. Um, and so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that Luna kind of, like, she does this, I think she does this a lot where she kind of understands, like, she's weird. And, like, in normal situations, you're like, hmm, maybe let's not talk about Nargles in this, like, now's not the time. But in, like, very serious moments, and especially when it comes to grief, it's something that she understands a lot and, like, death. Um, and so she often knows the right thing to say. Um, yeah. And I think that it's one of those moments where like her creativity and the way that her mind works allows her to say the, the right things and be things. comforting to people who are who are going through something that, you know what I mean, that she's also been through. Um, yeah, especially with her having come to such good terms with it so early on in her age. Yeah. You know, um, she would have to to have some sort of like outlet if you're gonna be at that point like I mean they're full-grown adults who don't have it like they just right. don't have that um grasp of life and death of like dealing with grief with um being able to pull it together for the person that they love like they just don't have that wherewithal and for her to have that is like one of her key characteristics it's exactly who Harry needs in this moment and it's who everyone else needs as well. Like, I don't think anyone else in this group would be able to be as thoughtful and, like, prepared as she is in this moment if, you know, Luna is needed there. Right, absolutely. Um, so Luna says, thank you so much, Dobby, for rescuing me from that cellar. It's so unfair that you had to die when you were so good and brave. I'll always remember what you did for us. I hope you're happy now. Um, it was just like break my heart. Why don't you? Like, no one asked. I mean, I guess I suppose we sort of asked, but like not in this way. Um. 
so then she turns to Ron, who's like, yeah, thanks, Dobby. Um, Dean says, thanks. Harry swallows and says, goodbye, Dobby. It was all he could manage, but Luna had said it all for him, which would almost, honestly be me. Like, I'm really not good at thinking of shit like that off the top of my head, so I'd just be like, what she said. Like, I, you know, I would feel it, but yeah. I wouldn't be able to, like, articulate like, that. Can y'all give me, like, so. 30 minutes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I write something down first? And then, <laughs> like, write this on the spot? You want me to do that right now? Ooh. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I feel it, but I I'm can't. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to mess up my, like, I don't want to mess up Bobby's, Dobby's eulogy, so can we... Who really, who got it, got it, like, right now. <laughs> Luna, you got it? Cool. I'm right. gonna just act like what you said. But also, Luna, like, Ron... Dean and Harry have been out there digging this grave. We just had right. the time. They're probably so, out know, of breath too. They're probably like, oh <laughs> man, oh, it's been a minute. <laughs> right. right. But like Luna, she's been sitting inside. So she's had a moment to like think through like what would I want to say to Dobby, you know, to like thank him properly for his right. like, you know, what happened. And uh, you know, so I, you know, even maybe even Luna, who's the best of them, maybe she already thought this out as a fellow Ravenclaw. She was mm -hmm. just like, you know what, I got Good time. Care. To pull together some good words for this good elf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Bill raises wand and um covers the grave. Um Harry asks if he can stay out a moment for himself, like by himself. Um, so they all leave and then he finds a large white stone um and places it on over the place where Dobby's head now rested. Um, and then he finds he picks he reaches in his pocket for a wand where he has two and he's like, I don't know whose wands these are, where I got them from. I just, I got wands. Um, and I got he... wands on. <laughs> um, and then he selects the shorter of the two, which felt friendlier in his hand, which is Elder you know, wands. discuss uh, wands in a, in a bit, but just, you know, friendlier. Um, and then he etches a, a message into the rock surface because he wants to mark the place where um, where Dobby is. Um, so it says, here lies Dobby, a free elf. More tear. I have like, so when I say I have tear marks, I have like tear emojis that I drew in. I, I mean, I believe you. I wrote sob <laughs> earlier and I have lots of hearts in here. A couple of them are broken. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So then Harry, like, he eventually, like, leaves and goes inside. Um, they're all sitting in the living room. Um, and Bill is talking, saying that um, it's lucky that Ginny is on holiday. If she'd been at Hogwarts, they would have taken her before we reached her. Now we know she's safe, too. So this is, like, just kind of reiterating this is one of the reasons why um, Voldemort mandated Hogwarts for students. Um is because if their parents get out of line, then you can just grab their kids. Yeah, um, it's a controlled environment. Yeah. Controlled um, But in this in this case, like it's the holidays, which like it's hilarious that they still take like breaks and shit. But I guess like definitely oh, yeah. spend time with family too, I guess. Um <laughs> so like she so like she was on because it's Easter break, like she was on break, so she's at home. So they it's like they don't have to really worry about that. Um I cannot remember if when, I mean, obviously, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks, but I can't remember if when they get back to Hogwarts, or when they get to Hogwarts, if Ginny was already there, or if she, like, appears with her parents later. I thought she shows up with, um, I don't think it was with her parents, but she does show up in the, in the, like, in the tunnel, like, in the room of requirement. Yeah, She yeah. just shows up towards the end. I think she shows up with her, like, either Percy or the twins. 
Um, Maybe it's the twins because the twins come earlier. I think. I think Percy's one of the last people. He is one of the last, but I feel like I feel like they're all around the same. Like, there's just so many sad scenes right there. So yeah, well, like, no, it's all there together was... in my head. Yeah, no, because I so there's that moment where like um, where Harry's like, oh, I need to go to Ravenclaw Tower, and then like yeah. Cho, Cho looks like she's one gonna like be like, oh, I'll do it, and then Jenny's like, Luna will do it for you. She'll come with you, Harry. <sighs> Which like whatever, but I but so like I feel like she's there earlier. But then I wonder if she went back to Hogwarts just to hide in the in the room of requirement, or if she just came like soon after Harry. No. I just can't remember. Yeah, I think she shows up. No, she shows up when the battle gets moving because um, I think that one of the twins or something tells her to go, tries to get her to go back, and she's like, "No, nah, bro." Well, yeah, no, no, no. But I think she's like was it? She was there, and then like. I don't know. We'll we'll get we'll, there. It doesn't yeah, really matter. It, yeah. Like obviously, yeah. we're whatever. It. The chapters will tell us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So then. Uh, oh, so Bill explains that they that like the rest of the Weasleys have moved to Aunt Muriel's. Um, the Death He's Eaters. a real one. Yeah, and it's because the Death Eaters now know that Ron is with Harry. So like before the whole thing, they were fine because Ron was supposed to be sick with Spattergrip, but now they know that yeah. Ron has been running around with Harry Potter this whole time. They're like, oh, psh, pum pum, like <laughs> you're gonna die. So they had I to, wonder what Percy's going through. Like, I mean, I guess I he mean, like he's like established himself as like anti Weasley for the most. Well, part. I don't think that he's fully done. I mean, I think that at this point he's just keeping his head down. I think they all like, know that that Percy fell out with his family. I don't right. think he has to be vocally anti Weasley at this point. He just has to not say anything. But I think that like, but my thing is like because he's established himself as not being tied to his family, like he probably um, hasn't do hasn't have to like. Ne- uh, negotiate being a blood trader like mm-hmm. to them but when it comes up he has to have some sort of evasive um you know thoughts and like ways and strategies to like combat them coming at him yeah yeah um so harry you know harry loves to feel guilty for things um, but Bill is like, don't apologize. It was only a matter of time. Dad's been saying it for months. We're the biggest blood trader family there is. Which is so that's the other thing is like, I, it keeps coming up, and it's like it's a part of Harry's personality. But he, his impulse is always to like feel guilty when other people are end up being put out when like it's it's a war and like these people are also making their own choices and it's not just about him. Um, but he also he often forgets that or you know, especially I mean it, it makes some sense too given that like. In this case, it is slightly directly like related to um, Ron being Ron's with Harry, but it was Ron's yeah. choice, and his family are all known members of the Order of the Phoenix, and so they all knew that at some point, like. But even beyond that, I feel like with Harry, uh, like always being ready to apologize for putting people out, like that's him because of the Dursleys telling him he should always be grateful. Absolutely, be grateful, Anya. Be grateful. Sorry, um, but he. So that's part of his thing, and then also blood trader like the weasley family has always been known to be sympathetic to muggleborns to i mean i would say squids and stuff but i don't know because ron be talking crazy and everybody talk crazy about squids they be talking real crazy so but you know for the most part there's you know they are they have their kids have friends who are muggleborn they have friends who are muggleborn they bring they let them hang over at the house they're not pure blood ideologist so you know regardless of whatever they were going to have some heat on them if they were aligned with harry or not you know mm-hmm. yeah um so then we find out so they're being uh protected by the fidelius charm um it's also so like at aunt muriel's and at shell cottage 
Um, none of them can go to work, but that's hardly the most important thing now. Once Ollivander and Griphook are well enough, we'll move them to Muriel's too. Um, Muriel must be like really out here. She must be caked out. Yeah. Wait, she he got... says <laughs> he says she's got plenty of room. Plenty I'm of like, room. And she I'm already like, got yeah. like 12 Weasleys with her. And you know she don't even really fuck with Weasleys like she that either. She's a Pruitt. So she's just like, why am why? But you know, she does I, what she gotta do. She's 107. But I always I also wonder, like I, it's good that they have Fidelia's charm, but it's also weird because it's like it's a they're these are both pure blood wizard lines and you know how people like the blacks have a family tree i'm sure mm-hmm. most of um like the ministry has records of who the pure blood families are and how right. they're connected so it's weird to think they're safe with molly's direct relation because it's like i mean if, why would the ministry would definitely look for them at the next known relative's house. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just because, like, it. They, you mean, if they use the Fidelius charm, then they then don't hidden. know. They, it's, yeah. They're hidden. I think that, like, Muriel is 107, so it's not like she's walking around anywhere. Like, she's retired. So, like, I think that it's partly that she, like... You know, they, they... I mean, and they probably have other... Like, there are plenty of Weasleys running around. We don't really see them. Like Harry's able to disguise himself as a Weasley cousin because they're just Weasleys everywhere. So I think that there's also that is like it, Arthur and them are like really the like the ones that the they're ones out that for. yeah. Where but there are still others, so they could be with anyone. Kind of like we don't know how many siblings Arthur has, but it seems like he has. Even if he doesn't have siblings, like his parents did, and so they there's just Weasleys. Um. So then. So then they're, so um, Bill's like, oh, we can move Ollivander and Griphook in like an hour or so. And Harry's like, no, I need both of them. Um, I need to talk to them. It's important. Uh, he heard the authority in his own voice, the conviction, the sense of purpose. So it's like, finally, he knows what he's, he may not fully know what he's doing. Like, cause you know, we're about to get through Gringotts and they're going to fumble their way through that. But like, he at least has a, a clearer vision, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, like, I mean, you, you didn't say these parts through the, like, chapter, but, like, there's moments where he's talking about how um, his time digging, um, he felt as though he had been slapped awake again, you know, with Dobby's death and, like, digging through it. And then as he had been digging, ideas both fascinating and terrible had, like, come to him. So he's been plotting through his brain mm-hmm. to come to this point where he can figure out, like, oh, this is what's happening currently because I can feel Voldemort moving in my head. Right. And this is also what I need from my current situation in order to do the next step. I figured right. out this. It's great. So the dirt isn't just on his hands. Or his arms. So even. at first I was like, oh, you're going to wash, Harry? But then he goes into the kitchen to the sink. And I'm just like, you're not getting everything you need to get. I mean, that's better than book two, Harry. You know? I so mean, it's much get. better. At least he thought about it. You know, you have to get five books further for him to wash his hands, you know, baby steps. Man, it's just like, yeah. I think about, like, when you mentioned um, the authority and conviction that and purpose that he had in his voice and um, that he approached Bill with whenever he requested talking to Ollivander and um, Griphook. Mm-hmm. It seems very much like him trying to channel Dumbledore, his affect, whenever um, Dumbledore would come to him and the infirmary um, during each book, like one through three. And he's like, 
um, like Madame Free, I need to talk to Harry. I know, girl, I know you hate this, but I need to talk to I need to talk to him. He's understand right. what just happened. Um, and I feel like that's like um, Harry directly wanted to channel the strength that he saw in Dumbledore in this moment where he's like, I need to talk to these people who are hurt. Right. Absolutely. Um, so Maggie says, not in the kitchen where food is prepared. Bianca says Harry probably smells like wet dog. Um, DJ says that he needs a shower. Um, go jump in the ocean with the ancestors. That jump oh, no. ships. She didn't say that part. That was just me. Right. Um, I just had to, you know, it was there and it just felt like it was the blank. Tie it all together, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so he washes his hands and, and that's kind of. He has forever side eye from Bayana for that. All that happens there. He said, I need to wash. And I'm like, okay, yes, you do. Indeed. You know, you should have known better when he said. I should have. And it was What's hilarious? And it was a lowercase. <laughs> Harry goes to wash. wash. Oh, got it. Um, but like, honestly, like I, it's so funny because I really got excited and like, like I've never read. It's like, I didn't read these books, but also it's such a small thing that like, it is. I remember that he didn't right. take an actual shower. Again, it's like, the, like, as I was reading through the chapter, I'm like, wait. He talks about washing before? He was in the kitchen before? Oh, right. Okay. But apparently, apparently not. Oh, well. You know? <laughs> Maggie's like, not even his forearms? <laughs> I mean, and you know, I feel like in the 90s, there were, we had ER, you know? So why didn't he, you know, he could have caught a bit of ER on Dolly's TV and like saw the surgeons, you know, get up to the forearms. He's like, you know what? To be safe. I'm going to mm-hmm. Just all, you know, okay. get your face a little bit. Like, just, like, wash up. You don't even have just to, like, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe everything is, like, you know, you got a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I, I still don't get it. You could really, you could hop in the shower for, like, a good, it don't even have to be, like, a long one. You should eventually do that. But, like, if you're on a timeline, whatever, I get it. Like, but at least get your pits because you know you're funky. Man, you've been out there digging, digging oh my god, I can't uh, even imagine. And you've been camping, like you said, like he his pits. The last time he touched water was when he went in that pool, that frozen pool. So maybe he thinks he just froze the dirt off or something. And then it just dried on him, like his uh. clothes just okay. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Oh I was gonna God. be so mad at us for having a tangent about washing, but oh, it well. at some point. Oh well, the it's the it's on the bingo board. Bianca says Flora's about to hose them all down. You got to like they all just came she into got, her house. It's all clean and peaceful, and they're like by the ocean. And all these beautiful yeah. views, and then the house is full of like dirty ass, dirty people. people. She's like Aquamente, Aquamente, right. Aquamente for Every you. Every single one of y'all Aquamente go outside, yeah. scourgeify. Okay, <laughs> like and wow. Then, I just like again because I'm reading this book reread. Um, in herbology in fourth year, um, Neville gets some stuff under his nails, and there's a spell that Hermione tells him to use to get stuff from underneath his nails, and it's a spell that's not scorchify. And I'm like, see, I got specific nails for cleaning different parts of your body. So many good things, and they just don't use it. Malia's like, maybe there's a shower spell when you get clean. I mean, I'm, I believe because like they, yeah. they minty can work and you just put some like soap on and they have the little spell to like dry it. Like it really doesn't you don't even need towel. Whatever spell they were using to scoop their poop. Oh. Apparently. Yikes. 
even though Slytherin had a perfectly good chamber of secrets located to attach to the taps of a sink. I think what happened is they bathroom. built the plumbing around. The I taps don't remember. were snakes. The I know. Like that sink. Maybe maybe the heir of Slytherin was also one of the heirs of Slytherin was a plumber. I don't know. I really don't. I I can't even really. I. When I tell I, you, when yeah. you said the Aaron Slytherin one was one of the other two was a plumber, <laughs> I heard the Mario theme. Dun it, dun it, dun it. So Mario Slytherin one day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. Um, so Dobby would have never been able to tell them who had sent him to the cellar, but Harry knew what he had seen. Um, and so he's thinking about the piercing blue eye and help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. Um, he's drying his hands, looking out over the ocean, and felt closer this dawn than ever before, closer to the heart of it all. Um, and still his scar prickled, and he knew that Voldemort was getting there, too. So it's interesting, like, I mean, we get real, I mean, we, he gets lucky that the plot needs him to be done in, like, a year, because this really could have taken forever. A minute. Yeah, and he's still, boys- like, and he still hasn't found three horcruxes, and he's very much, like, we're, he just can feel that they're, like, hurtling towards the end at this point um whereas like for a while it was just them kind of meandering around aimlessly. yeah um maggie says the piercing blue eye of the night king <laughs> i mean Arya sark up in here stabby stab mm-hmm. that was all of them that's what we really need um so then um, so then he's kind of like thinking through like he's like you gave he's thinking he's like talking to Dumbledore in his head kind of says you, you gave Ron the Deluminator you understood him um, you gave him a way back and you understood Wormtail too you knew there was a bit of regret there somewhere and you if you knew them what did you know about me Dumbledore um, and then he's like am I meant to know but not seek um, which is like you know one of the main things Dumbledore is about is about not necessarily is about not seeking power um, you might get it. But it's like, also one of the cool. things that he, he instills into Harry very, like, early on. Like, <gasps> book one early on. Maggie! Oops. I'm sorry. Maggie. I did. <sighs> did this have to happen? I Is knew this... it was happening. I knew it was coming. I was waiting. I was I like, didn't I know it was going to do this. <laughs> I was really talking, I was like, I wonder what she's going to do this time. But right. I didn't know where it was going to happen. For whatever Maggie's going to uh, pop uh, up next. This is the best thing. So it's Harry thinking about, it's, it's, his, it's his Dumbledore daydream. But in his Dumbledore daydream, of course, the one and only. It's a surprise visit. You know, from from in his own in his own daydream, which is the funniest thing. Yes. It's like Nagini yes. <laughs> is like, ha, pop, pop, I'm out of your neck. Just while he's having his moments. And it's wonderful and awful. And it's my favorite thing about Wizard Team. I just love that Dumbledore's hands are like clutched together. Oh, and, yeah, he's you know, like, like all like, wow, this is wonderful. <laughs> and he just <laughs> slides on out of him. Just- <laughs> I just love that she's like, I'm and, like into a pool of I don't blood. know. I don't know whether it's like she can, around him. She can tell us this, but I don't know whether Maggie has like always reread the books with us or if she's now just doing it so she can find the right moments to do her pictures. And either way, it's wonderful. But it is it's wonderful. Like, it's great. Okay. Sorry. I was having a, I was, I was um 
as we've been establishing through this chapter, there's a lot of callbacks to earlier books, to earlier moments that Harry has had with different people, Dumbledore mm-hmm. and Sirius especially. Um, and as he's talking, like you're talking through like Dumbledore and his like his whole thing about not being about seeking power, um, his one of the things that he does in establishing this early with Harry is with the Mirror of Erised against Quirrell and Voldemort um, in the first book, whenever he's like the person who seeks the thing, but doesn't seek to use it mm-hmm. is the one who's going to obtain it. And that's how he gets the Philosopher's Stone um, yeah. in the final challenge of the first book. And it's also how he's able to open at the close later on in this book um, is by seeking and not, you know, seeking to use or to have. Um, and I also think it's funny as a fun pun on words and Harry's descriptor in life because he's a seeker on the Quidditch team. Oh. And I feel like, you know, I feel like I wonder if JK had that in her mind when she was naming the different positions. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the position that Harry uses be something that's going to be have a greater significance throughout the books, actually. Right. I like that. Um. So Harry, you know, he's looking off at the at the bright gold rim of dazzling sun rising over the horizon. Like the um, whole description for Shell Cottage throughout this chapter just sounds so delightful. It sounds like, like the wow. best vacation I cottage just, in life. I love that apparition is that like I would love to be a wizard because you could just live in the cottage, yes. but then yes. also still get places very easy. Like you don't have to commute. And as like a, as a um, introvert. That is the most appealing thing to me. Like, yeah. I could just live, like, by the ocean, calmly dealing with my life. And then I'm like, oh, no, hurricane season. Guess I'm going to live in a, live closer to wherever I'm commuting from just to do it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other reason for me to do it besides to get away from this hurricane. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, an easier life. It would make my life as a muggle living in a city, uh, like, infinitely better anyways. Because I, the MTA. Yo, I mean, like, I have to plan my weeks around Aminata, um, which is usually not a big deal because I'm usually just, like, her because she got to get out of school. Somebody got to pick her up, which is fine. But if I could apparate, then that wouldn't be a problem. Apparating would make so many things in life better. Yeah. It's like, sure, let's go to San Francisco. I can be back by whatever time Ami gets out of school and then get her and then we could come back like but that's not a thing like oh you know I'm actually going to go to Hawaii for just a couple seconds and then I'll be right back I just um, need a little bit of sun I just need that sun uh that I can only uh get from Hawaii yeah and then I'll be right back and then you know just as a lunch break you know right (laughs) no I just want to have ice cream by the sea I'm gonna just go do that real quick yeah like might as well um so Harry's like, I need, uh, is talking to Bill and Flora and is like, I need to speak, speak to Grip Hook and Ollivander. Um, and Flora like kind of puts her foot down and is like, nah, they're not really in the state to be doing that. And Harry's like, I'm sorry. It's just, it is, you know, I got to talk to them. So do what you got to do. Um, Harry, I mean, sorry, Bill is like, Harry, what the hell's going on? You turn up here with a dead house elf and a half conscious goblin. Hermione looks as though she's been tortured, and Ron's just refused to tell me anything, which is like, these are all valid questions. Yes. Um, 
And he's an older like, brother, and he's used to being right. listens. Like, no, you gonna tell me something? And like, he knows what he like. I think he understands. Like, he's you know, because Ron like stayed with them for a bit, and like, I'm sure he didn't tell him much then either. But right. at the very least, like, and he's a part of the order, so he gets something's happening. Right. But for like, if your brother just popped up with all his homies and people and people you don't know, and they're clearly worse for the wear, and you got like, I you know, I, as an older as like an oldest sibling, like there are moments where like. I, I think I want to say like my sister, especially just because like my brother and I are a little closer in age. So it's slightly different, but like where, you know, she'll come to me for things, right. Or like things will pop off and then I'm like, wait, hold up. And, ju- and you know, it's, it's, it's different from like, it's not like I'm going to go then like snitch or like tell right. on, like, you know, tell my parents most of the time. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't think I ever have. And, and they just found out that I knew after and then got mad at me. Um, and, but I was also like, I mean, that's not my job, but that's not the point. The point is that, like, as an older sibling, I think oftentimes your you like your job is to just be there and not ask questions or like not judge. Um, and so, in this moment, I think Bill is like this whole time he's kind of just been doing that. Um, and just but kind also of, like, in being an older sibling, like you're the first child of your parents in the world, so you're used to questioning things, right? And you're also and like them out on your own. Yeah. yeah, and you're and you're also so you're like gonna... the the second line. So you so you have questions, and you want to make yeah. sure you're asking those questions, and you want to be informed. You want to make sure they're good, but like you're also will give a little. You'll be a little bit more understanding if they can if you're there if they're like like Harry. I'm sorry, I can't tell you, um, or you know what I mean. Like it's just a little bit. It's a different yeah, kind I... of looking out. Whereas like Molly would be like, Nah, you're gonna tell me. I'm locking you in this house because, but like. Because that's more of a parent thing to do. Not that it's not that it's necessarily the right thing to do. I don't know that either mm-hmm. is like it, you know, it depends on the role that you're playing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's just a different kind of reaction. Um, but I think that because of that, because Bill is very much in a like an elder brother role and not like in a fatherly role, um, Harry can just be like, I mean, he said it to he said it to like Mrs. Weasley and to them, but it's a different, it's kind of a different thing. Yeah. Um, so Harry's like, we can't tell you what we're doing. Um, you're in the order, you know, Dumbledore left us a mission. We're not supposed to talk about it with anyone else. Um, and so Floor is like, fuck that. You better tell me you're in my house, right? You're like, in my, but she's also an older sibling, you know? So she's right. also doing, she's also like, <sighs> this is some, you know, this is some BS. She didn't grow up around Dumbledore either. Like she's, like, she's like, that's not my headmaster. I don't give a fuck. Like Dumbledore who? I saw him when I was at the Triwizard Tournament and he seemed to like deal with Harry being a, fourth champion with a plum like he was not worried in the slightest as far as right. I could tell meanwhile I was like who is this little boy why is excuse me mm-hmm. yeah like why I think um, it's about, she's been concerned about Harry Potter when she first met him she's yeah. been like what is this is this the boy supposed to be doing this <laughs> her whole life <laughs> what's like, going on here <laughs> right. um so Bill is like finally like, all right, who do you want to talk to first? Because again, siblings. So he's like, I gotta ask these questions. And like whether I like them or not, I'll probably let you do what you gotta do, but I still gotta ask. Right. Um, so Harry says, or he hesitates. He knew what hung on his decision. There was hardly any time left. Now was the moment to decide. Horcruxes or hollows. Grip hook, he said, I'll speak to Grip Hook first. So he chooses horcruxes. Um <laughs> Bianca's talking about Floor being fed up. They're all in her house ruining their couple time, not washing their butts. A mess. <laughs> that is that is 100% facts. And then Maggie's and- like, 
Maggie's like, she just got rid of Ron and now he's yes! back with friends. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? And you know what? I don't care how much you like your in-laws. You know, if one of them just pops up unexpectedly, because Ron popped up around Christmas time, no? Mm-hmm. So one of them just pops up unexpectedly around Christmas and all of a sudden you got to keep him being there secret from the rest of his family. He can't go anywhere else. You can't just be like, oh, just go with your parents. Nah, he's stuck there with you and your hubby on your first Christmas. Man. And then you think you're, you think you're, you think you're good? You think he's gone? You ain't going to see him until after whatever he's doing is over? And this, the next time you see him, he pops up with broken people and broken bodies that you have to mend. But then you can't ask questions of how their bodies got that way. Who is buying You can ask Skelligro. what he's doing. You know? You know? Who, you who know? is paying her back for her Skelligro? But not even, like, I mean, the least you could do is come in here with some washed up people, but they're okay. literally washed up people. Like, they probably only got, like, one bathroom, because it's only two of them. It's a cottage. They literally have That's two wild. bedrooms. I can't. I mean, and like and like Bianca said, they're couple time. It's holiday season. It's the Easter holiday. They're probably having a long weekend. They're probably chilling. Try to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And here they come. Just messing up the whole thing with funk and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> Bianca says, and somebody that Lord Voldemort is out to kill, about to have a Death Eater drive by. <laughs> She's fed up. She's like, I'm over it. I, I get it, but like we could just move to France and it would have been fine. And maybe that and maybe that's why Fleur is quiet. Maybe Fleur is like, if I open my mouth, I'm gonna not I'm gonna not close my mouth. And right. so everybody's feelings are hurt. And I just, like, I'm going to just not do that right now to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just hold it in. I'm going to hold it in. I'm good. It's good. I'm good. It's fine. No, I'm fine. No, nope, I don't have anything to say. Just, she's like, uh-uh. It's cool. Whatever. Whatever. We'll do what you want to do. It's cool. Um, So uh, Bill leads the way up to Grip Hook. Um, as Harry's walking up, he kind of looks back and sees Ron and Hermione lurking. <laughs> Which is, honestly, it's the cutest thing. Like, they're just kind of like, they're like, I don't know. Does should we be do? Is this us? No. Are we invited? And he's like, I need you to as well. Come on, let's go. <laughs> but it's so cute that they're just like kind of hesitating. Um, but they're both uh, probably because you know how Harry is after things happen. Every time yeah. something happens, um, in in whatever mission they're on or whatever, he takes a moment to be like, you guys don't have to come with me. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, I, you've already been hurt enough on my behalf. You know, you don't yep. have to be here. Blah 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 blah. You know, I, I, you know, I will hope you sit down. And they're like, no, we're with you. Literally, we have Period. nowhere else to go. We have nothing else to do but be with you. So, what's what we're gonna do? Yeah. And this um, time, Harry's just like, you know what? I need you, man. I mean, and again, and it's not like Harry doesn't have a moment where he's like, it's just me, because obviously that's like the defining thing and it's what makes him go into the forest or whatever. But like, right. I think that like, like uh, I think Lucia was saying, like, it definitely is this moment where um, where he's kind of acknowledging a little bit more of it, like he does need them and he does like, you know, he's not going to just be like, nah, y'all need to be here for this. He's like, no, I do need you. Like, we're on the same page. We're a team. We're doing this together. Um, so Harry asks Hermione how she is and says, you were amazing coming up with that story when she was hurting you like that. Um, Hermione gives a weak smile as Ron gives her a one-arm squeeze, which is cool. But then, like, 
we don't get a response from Hermione, so we don't actually figure out how she's feeling. Um, and not that we necessarily right. need it and right it's now, like, um, but it's one of those things that doesn't really come up again later. And it's like, what else was she going to do in that moment? You know, she's yeah. a freaking muggle born and she's being faced in a room full of people who want her dead. Mm-hmm. And the only thing keeping her alive is the fact that they think that she knows something very valuable. Right. Um, and so she has to, but she also has to keep Harry safe. Her whole part in this journey is to make sure Harry gets to where he needs to go safely. Um, yeah. And that brings up a lot of feelings that I have about um, Dobby as well. But like the fact that she's able to come up with a copy sword thing and she's also... Hermione's hit or miss with her ability to come up with something on the spot. Yeah. Um, and she like, you know, that was that was great, but yeah, Harry has he's he's valid and feeling like there's a lot of sacrifices being made by other people on his behalf. And yeah, it's for the greater good, but he also feels like how it's happening for him. And it's kind of one of those tropey things where the chosen one, the white hero, um, has all these marginalized people falling along the wayside to teach him his bigger lesson. And it's so hard to me that like Dobby's death is what contributed to him to be able to figure out the rest of the Horcruxes and for him to have that breakthrough. It's like, of course the marginalized entity had to be the one that was like, okay, now my brain's mm-hmm. okay. You know, and it happens, it's a tropey thing that happens so often and it just yeah. bothers me. Yeah, I feel that. I think the other thing too is like, and like we'll see, like it's a similar thing with uh, Hermione's Bogger, and then when she defeats her Horcrux, is like we don't see those things that she does, and we don't see how they impact her. Whereas like we get a lot about Ron's insecurities and how they impact impact the squad, um, and obviously we get stuff about Harry, and so it's less comparing her with Harry because obviously it's Harry Potter and the right, um, but just in compared to being compared to Ron, and even just like her moment of being tortured was very much a focus on Ron. Ron, um, yeah. And we, so then we kind of like, like there's a moment in a second where she kind of brings it up a little bit and like kind of where she's at and what her headspace is, what, what her headspace is like. But like, it still feels like that moment should have come up more for her um, in the future. And like, you know, it could have been cut out for like pacing and like there are I reasons mean... why, but also given what we generally get from Hermione, it doesn't necessarily seem like, Joe found it all that important to like bring up for her. It was just like she's tortured and then she's back to being her mighty motherfucking Granger, which like, you know, I think you can do both. Um, you know, but it's also that Hermione it's also that like if you think about any other characters like Jenny, she went through that whole being possessed by Tom Riddle thing in book two. Mm-hmm. Um and it isn't until book five that we hear her actually talk about what she went through in a very, like, succinct. Harry's like, I didn't know if I was being possessed this year. And she's like, you could have asked me. I could have told you that you, if you were being possessed or not to know exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in the book, we hear her talk about how she poured her soul into the diary and how that ended up consuming her and how that left. We get that explanation um, in book, book two. But it isn't until book five that we understand it as a possession, as that we right. understand it as like what it was completely. And it's like, I mean, I guess, you know, for like you said, for time's sake, it's not in here. Like Hermione never gets that chance. So, you know, maybe in Hermione's own extra post 
Battle of Hogwarts um, storyline, she gets to like decompress and talk about it. But it's not fair. Yeah. Like she's just as important a character as Ron. So why does she get to talk about it within the same book that Ron gets to talk about his stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the chat, uh, Bianca says, white men have to lose their one insert minority friend to get it. Um, Bianca says, uh, has a fanfic idea, which I mean, she's throwing it out here. Like, I'm not going to be in her. <laughs> Looking DMs, for that. Like, right. So this is, a, I know that you have a lot of other fanfics that you have decided you're writing, but like, so fanfic, uh, two years later after pushing through Hermione has panic attacks, goes to a therapist, which like, you know, we need more these characters go to therapy. Yes. (laughs) So, hey. It also sounds a lot like Randall from This Is Us, you know? Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Lucia says we get more about Neville's insecurities than either Ginny or Hermione's. And, like, I still believe, like, I think, like, with Hermione, I think we get some of her insecurities. And so I I think I'm less, if it it was between Ginny and Hermione, I would rather get Ginny's just because she was literally possessed by Voldemort. And then we just don't explore that anymore until Harry might be like you were talking about. Like it only comes up again when she's like, Hey, maybe you want to be like, maybe you want to remember com- this thing I went through. But our pains. Right. But not, yeah. not even compare just like she brings it up when we need to remember, but like we yeah. should are, that should just already be something that we know. It should never be something we forget. Yeah. Um, and so it, and it also would have made her character more interesting. And probably once they started liking each other or whatever, made a bit um, more sense walking around the the lake together in the sun um that it would have hit harder um I think we see hermione's I, I think we see like i think that it's a sexist insecurity that we see for both jenny and hermione i think yeah. we see their insecurities only in relation to other girls because mm-hmm. that's how it plays out right um with hermione, and it's never really taken seriously like ron's yeah. insecurities are taken seriously which even while be. he's doing fuck shit and like it's not like I don't think that the books um like even when he leaves or whatever I don't think the books are like sympathetic of him but they allow him room to grow whereas like with the women it's very much like oh they have that silly thing and then you just move on from it yeah I think yeah. that you know I just I just said that they are, their insecurities are shown against other girls and then I just like heard Beyonce with the Chimamande like you know like definition for feminism and yeah. like we teach girls to not compete for each other for jobs or you know for accolades but for for boys and it's like yes that's mm-hmm. legit what these books are telling us about the girls in these books yeah um DJ says that she thinks Hermione's on autopilot until after the battle um and then also that it's BS that we don't get more of Ginny um, Lucia says that, yeah, she thinks she's still processing at the moment. She hasn't even slept yet, which I agree. I don't necessarily think that yeah. she needs to go into a whole thing about like how but she's not, like, right now. Not now in this but chapter, but sometime just, in this book. Yeah, it's just the problem yeah. is that it doesn't come up again after this chapter. So it's less about what's going on in this moment, but more that like we just get think- back into the into the action. And like, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Like things really start popping off very quickly for the rest of the time. But I think that like there could be a moment where she sees Bellatrix and then she's like, oh shit. Right? Yeah. Or like there are That's just thing. things that we could that we could just like remind us. Um Aaliyah yeah. is like Hermione has trauma, not just insecurities that we never focus on. 
Um, Bianca yeah. that Joe seems incapable of exploring the feelings of women. She thinks women's feel she thinks of women's feelings as weakness. But um, it's not just women's feelings, it's all feelings. Because she does this whole thing with Harry, with all like everyone, like weakness is feeling things. But I think that deeply. she like I think what it is is that she, she it she like feminizes that though. Yeah. Or like in her head, that's what's but happening. But inherently in society, because it's a patriarchal society, all feelings are feminine automatically mm-hmm. yeah and she just rolls with it um yeah. going back to what you were saying i like when i first read this chapter i did think of it's a it was a wonder to me that when hermione is disguised as bellatrix that she wasn't having some sort of breakdown yeah or just like really nervous and like up, like yeah or like you know what I'm saying, or like you know she she does the polyjuice potion. She looks at herself in the mirror and then you know freak out for a good ten minutes. You know, right. like, that surprised me because um, you know that's probably who she's seeing in her dreams. And then mm-hmm. for the woman to have killed Dobby, like come on, like that's there's no way that's like not hitting her. Right, and I think that like she kind of talks about it, but it's in more of a like it's it it feels like the moment where she's kind of like oh i don't like being bellatrix the way that she says it is kind of like if she it it feels like how she would do it if she hadn't just been tortured by her like it's like a pre-torture hermione as opposed to a post-torture and there's no real like i feel uncomfortable in the skin yeah that she doesn't she doesn't change or develop or like it does there are no lasting effects of that Mm -hmm. um within the within like this within the rest of the series, which I think would have been good to see. Yeah. Um, so, so they go up into, uh, into the room um, and Harry, I'm mean, sorry, Ron and Hermione are kind of like not sure what they're doing. Um, Bill leads him into, a, into his and Flora's room. That's the other thing is they just like led him in. Flora's like, y'all got me in this bedroom. There's gotta... only two bedrooms. And now Bill got to bring Grip Hook into their bedroom. I'm no, I know Flora's just like, on Harry's request, she's just like massaging her temples. She's like, I need some, some tea. I really, I need some like alcohol. She's like, so after tea. this is over, we're going on vacation. Nobody will find us where nope. we are. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so Harry kind of asks uh, Grip of how he's doing, and he's like, I'm, you know, because his legs, both of his legs are broken. Um, so he's using the Skelligrow to fix them. Um, and the Goblin's like, I'm, it's painful, but mending. And he's clutching the sword of Gryffindor. Um, and he's kind of watching Harry. And Harry starts with like, you probably don't remember me. But and Griffith is like, um, yeah, I was the one who helped you, like who took you to your vault for the first time. Um, I guess it was seven-ish, like six and a half years ago. Um, and he's like, I mean, like you're Harry Potter, so... Yes, obviously. No announcement. I look at your. We know who you are, and your yeah, face. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna forget that. Um, so Harry, so they're kind of like sizing each other. It's a very tense conversation. Um, and Harry is he's trying to be diplomatic, but also needs what he needs. You know, he has to get he's he has to get this information. Um, and he wants to get it quickly without like stepping on too many toes. So um, before Harry can say anything, Grip Hook uh, says, you buried the elf. I watched you from the window of the bedroom next door and then says, you were an unusual wizard, Harry Potter, um, because he dug the grave. Um, and Harry's like, and? Um, so? 
Uh, Griffith doesn't answer. Harry rather thought he was being sneered at for acting like a muggle. Um, but that's a misinterpretation because really, um, Griffith is like, you also rescued a, a goblin. Um, and Harry's like, well, I take it you're not sorry? Because again, he like a part of it too is that Harry, like the way that Harry treats non-human magical beings um, is very much just like how he would treat anyone because he hasn't really been inundated with a lot of wizard prejudice and like some of that stuff he'll pick up um, especially if like the wizards get to him first like even like when he attempted to say you know who for like a year you know what I mean yeah and, um so like if he thinks if he is explicitly told that this is how a thing goes and he thinks that that's how they're supposed to act then that's one thing but if it's just something that never comes up because it's kind of like nobody's saying treat goblins this way um it's just I think people are taught um mm -hmm. and because Harry didn't grow up in that he just doesn't do that I think he's also a polite kid, just generally. yeah, just in general, uh, yeah. But I also think that part of it is that um, these, all of these beings, are part of the magical world. So the magical world is already a higher caliber to him to the, than the Muggle world, mm -hmm. anyway. So he's going to approach everyone, regardless, in the Muggle world, as long as they're not being awful or, or whatever, like Draco was on his first impression, right? Um, and later on, you know, in the train car. He's going to approach them all with a level of like respect and you know somewhat reverence because like he's never interacted with goblins outside of like green gods he's never like dobby is the house elf that he that came out of nowhere and he has like interactions and relationship with um like so it's just for him it's like second nature to him like to think of anyone who's within this magical world is do some kind of deference they know something that i don't know because i don't know very much about this world right um, so then Griphook says, you were, an, you were a very odd wizard. Um, and then Harry's like, right. But like, you know, this isn't the time, like he, this isn't something that he can really, like if they were just like lounging around and this is just like a regular day, then he could have that conversation. But right now he's like, I need your help. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. Cause he just doesn't really have the time to deal with being a weird wizard. Um, I think at the same time he's also feeling the pressure in his like his literally like his head is hurting because yes, that's true. He's still like, he's still pushing Voldemort out. Yeah. Um and I think that that gives him a sense of urgency because he knows that Voldemort like as this is happening, um he knows that Voldemort is like also on the move. Um and so it's like he's he's made this decision but he also can still feel like the, like Voldemort is still in his head and I think he, while he knows that he made the right decision he's still kind of like there's still the sense of urgency that like he needs to get this information now so that he can do something um and so what he needs to do is break into a green gods vault so that's fun. easiest thing in the world easy peasy you know um the words were forced from him as pain shot through his lightning scar and he saw again the outline of hogwarts so like voldemort is like you know He's on the, he's doing things. Um, Ron and Harry are staring, or sorry, Ron and Hermione are staring at Harry like, what? what? Cause like he didn't talk to them first. He just was like, I need y'all. And then that's what he coming out with. And they're just like, is he like, what's happening here? How, why, how, who's mans? Um, the goblin is like, it's impossible. And Ron is like, nah, it's not, it's been done. Um, and then Harry brings up the vault in Sorcerer's Stone that was broken into, but Griphook is like, that vault was empty at the time, so there was minimal security, like, 
And he no. was real, he was real proud about it. He's he offended like, too. He's like, you. how dare you, sir? You. <laughs> that boat was empty. Okay. We let them we try to never get one of the bolts with stuff in it. Okay. You tell me about that. I told you when I took you down there that we didn't check them suckers for years. Mm-hmm. So I've seen plenty of skeletons in my lifetime, homie. <laughs> We are effective at Green Gots, okay? I don't ever want to hear you say different. He's, <laughs> he's just so upset. Um, and Harry's like, well, the vault we need to get into isn't empty. So I'm guessing the protection is pretty powerful. Um, it belongs to the, to the Lestranges. So this is like even more yikes, you know? Like it was already like, I got to break into Green Gots and Ron and Hermione are like, what the hell? And it's like, gotta be the Lestranges. I'm sure just hearing the word Lestrange probably has something, does something to Hermione, but we don't see it. Um... Griphook is like, you have no chance. No chance at all. Like, he's like, I don't even... Sorry. I'm not even going to get your hopes up, kid. It's, it's just not going to work. Just like, that's that on that. Um, and Harry's like, I'm not trying to get myself any treasure. I'm not trying to take anything for personal gain. Can you believe that? Um, the goblin kind of just looks at him and then is like, if there was a wizard of whom I would believe that they did not seek personal gain, it would be you, Harry Potter. Goblins and elves are not used to the protection or respect that you have shown this night. Not from wand carriers. Wand um, carriers. Mm-hmm. I underlined that. Mm-hmm. And so Harry kind of repeats it because um, it kind of, you know, brings something up for him too. Uh, the right to carry a wand, said the goblin quietly, has long been oh, contested. Right. Yeah, has long been contested with wizards and goblins. And then Ron says, well, goblins can do magic without wands. But also, so can wizards, you know? Maybe, perhaps, should have gone to Wagadoo. Maybe I don't perhaps, know. That's perhaps, just what I, you know. Perhaps the whole I would do. Conveniently, just doesn't use wands. Yeah. But this is such a like. Oh my gosh! I just feel like we probably need. I don't think we can fully get into this because this chapter is long and we still haven't even gotten to like Ollivander. Um, so maybe this needs to be like a bonus episode or like you know we have lots of random topics that we haven't really delved all the way into that we can do once we finish the books but like goblins and wizards and their whole like enmity and it's like it's it's all this like it's very clear that it's like it's centuries long we've heard like hints of goblin wars um but even just like just thinking about the right to carry a wand and how how elves can't goblin like no one who's not human can but at the same time European wizards kind of forced wands onto like the other like human like other wizards from other places. Um, but at the same time, this like I like there's so much that like I've always wanted to delve into um, wand lore, and this chapter offers up. I mean, you know, it's accurately named the Wand Maker, so you get yeah. a good like, good idea behind like theory behind wands and. Um, it just there's so much here that like the right like legit they've written mm-hmm. up legislation yeah, where specifically prohibits them have, from carrying wands right because like what happens to Winky at the Quidditch World Cup mm-hmm. when her own what first said first Amos degree is doing Zemos oh, absolutely yeah and then her own master for better term of words comes through and is like oh she's carrying a wand she disobeyed my orders she's getting closed and it's like it's not really because she carried a wand it's more that like all the things that happened that 
allowed her to be out in the woods with Barty Crouch Jr. for him to have Harry's wand. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, just the act of her being seen with a wand already had Crouch in deep crap. Yeah. Had her ready to be shipped off to Azkaban. Like, right. Like, even Percy, like, when when her and, uh, when he and Hermione get into it, like, he's, like, citing yeah. all these laws and he's, like, non-wizards can't do that shit. They just can't hold wands. And just, like, all these regulations. And then, like, who put the wizards in charge, right? And, like, there's just all these things that we don't get to see. And obviously this isn't the time to do that. Um, I think for me, it's always just like these things, it, it gets introduced here and it does end up being used as like a plot point because then there's like contestant or contest, not even a word. Um, there's like, there's like kind of this tension between Harry and, and Grip Hook in regards to the sword of Gryffindor. Right. Um, and that becomes a thing. And so, but it's all, it's only really used in terms of plot and it's not really explored past that. And part of it is that like Harry, you know, doesn't have the time. Yeah. And it's also kind like, of annoying in a both sides kind of way. Yeah. Like how Ron and Grip Hook get into it right now, because of course Ron's going to get into it because he's, he's steeped in the wizard life. Right. Uh, but like in legit, like how they're in this conversation because if you both sides this, the elves, the goblins, and the wizards all have different ways they use magic. Mm -hmm. And it's all secretive to the, their own kind. But and so therefore, it's like a turf war of like their ability to do these different things with their, their own forms of magic. So it's a both sides thing. Like, oh, we're all, we're all safeguarding our magic. Right. But at the same time, you're expecting the goblins and a house elves to assimilate into your wizard society and restricting what they have access to. Mm -hmm. So then they don't have any choice but to do extremely well at what they, they do. So you don't take it from them and then you just relegating them from your society. Right. So it's, it's like I could do a whole panel on this, <laughs> right? Like where you're just like talking through how how your societies consist of and how different groups are regulated to where they are and how that works out and how this tension between among all these different races. Um, how it weighs out and and like magic shaping. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like in terms, I think that elves are a little bit different in terms of their relationship with lizards just because they're like servants. Um, goblins and wizards seem to be not quite like, I think wizards like very, like even like Griffith says like, um, wizards refuse to share the secrets of wand lore with other magical beings. They deny us the possibility of extending our powers. Extending um, is what I underlined there as well. Extending. Yeah. And so it's like very much like, but, the, but at the same time, goblins and wizards are very, they're not all the way on equal footing. They're just, it's not quite as like stark as like wizards and um, house elves, but it's. They are in wizard society. Right. But then, but then it's also like they. It's not like they're just working in Gringotts for their own gain, you know? Right. Like they're capitalism, they're, they're bankers, they're doing some, they're getting some kind of living off of that. But where do you see, you don't see a goblin, I mean, I guess it's, pro can goblins go to Hogwarts? 
They right. can't because they can't wield wands. Mm-hmm. But then how do they learn about magic? You're relegating them to have to only learn goblin magic from home or whatever school system that they're able to set up in their mm-hmm. own community. So and then like and this isn't even to say that like separate but equal. It really right. is what it is. That is what it is. And it's not even to say that goblins aren't like don't be tripping because they're they are, like there are lots of goblin wars, right? But it's but it's more like this is just but one of those goblin- things that is but like deep seated in this community. Like goblins versus wizards is like very much a thing that they don't like that they just kind of have it's it's always kind of a, an undercurrent when when dealing with goblins and like so I think Bill kind of brings it up maybe in the next chapter when he's talking to Harry because Bill has like worked with goblins for a long time and yeah. so he's like you have to understand where they're coming they're from but also yeah. in a way where you're like you can't trust them because you, the way that you interpret something um and the way that you think you're doing something they're taking it in a completely different way um but, and, but, they, but neither of them really respect each other on either side right. either so it's, and it's really complicated like, where's the self-awareness of mm-hmm. them being colonizers where's there's none there is none no yeah, it would take too much thought to think about how am i infringing upon the lives of others by me trying to do what i want and not want to be you know questioned or have any laws against me there's plenty of laws relegating how other creatures can work in the wizarding world. How many laws are there with among house elves, among goblins, among centaurs that tell them how, tell humans, how humans can interact in their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think when it comes down to like Grip Hook and like Charlie and they have, I mean, I'm sorry, Bill and all of this, like it's going to, it comes down to like, Again, it, it's a separate but equal, but it's also a very, it boils down to like these conversations that like are having within their insular communities. They're this way because they have, who is empowered here? And the, and the people who are empowered are the wizards. Right. Um, Lucius is who brought Ron to a high stakes cross species diplomatic meeting. Um, and DJ says that Harry forgot who his bestie was. But I also think that Harry just didn't know that that's what this was going to turn into because again, he's, right muggle raised like these are not like he never paid attention in history of magic so he doesn't know how that's fraught what, that relationship is and that's um, what i was going to say like the goblin rebellions aren't goblin rebellions among goblins those are right. goblin rebel they're painted as rebellions by the victor which are wizards right exactly and like and also like ben's is boring as hell so like why would he even though that sounds super interesting to learn like and, then, not, like, that's, and that's the worst part is because it's it sounds interesting but it sounds like how jk rowling spells it as sounding interesting is because it's like really bloody or mm-hmm. whatever and it's like right. oh so you're just mass exterminating people and saying it's super interesting but the yeah. ghost made it weird yep basically um so yeah, so Ron, you know, so but also like in this con- in this conversation, it makes sense that Ron, like that Harry and Hermione don't have anything to say. Yeah, you know, and um, I mean, or at least not yet. Hermione eventually does, but that's more right. when it comes into like her. So like Ron is like, God was any... very well steeped in like history of. Yeah, but at the same, but she's still slight, but she's still separated from it because yeah. she didn't have to like grow she up in that. Like, yeah, yeah, she read about it and and you know, but she's not. Um, she doesn't live that life. Yeah. Not, like a thing that's res- like her crib wasn't them talking about how awful the goblins are, the wizard kind or whatever. Right. Exactly. 
Um, so Ron is like, well, goblins don't share any of their magic either. You won't tell us how to make swords or armors or armor the way you do. Um, Harry is like, I, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter, which, which I get like, right. Like, again, if this is, was another time, you know, if y'all were just like, happened to be just in Bill and Forrest's house for no reason and happened to just have this conversation. Where they're professor for history of magic. Right. Like, if, like, there are other moments where this conversation would be useful it's just in this moment harry is like i'm on a timeline Um, so i can't really be mad at harry in this moment yeah um so harry's like it doesn't matter this isn't about wizards versus goblins or any other sort of magical creature and grip hook is like but it is it is about precisely that um as the dark lord becomes ever more powerful your race is still set more firmly above mine Gringotts falls under wizarding rule. House elves are slaughtered, and who amongst the wand carriers protests? Um, which is not that's not strictly wrong. Um, we do, says Hermione. Um, we protest, and I'm hunted as much as any goblin or elf grip, grip hook. I'm a mudblood. Um, <sighs> <laughs> what is that sigh? Because this is when this is when Hermione feels very white or mixed mm. of like you know like not having grown up in a fully like a black household that is like super steeped in history and like how things are mm-hmm. and even if she were you know like in a house a whole a household that's not does not has an intersectional lens on um, life because yeah. now she's playing a, a Prussian Olympics mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's very much a like. I understand what it's like to be. I too am marginalized. You know, I'm a in woman. The same way you are, but I can carry the wands, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that like part of the thing too is like, well, I mean, it's definitely playing a Prussian Olympics. I think the only reason it semi works here is because Voldemort is like explicitly against Muggleborn. You know what I mean? Like they are the first, like. His, his, first, his first, yeah, his know. first, his first, um, like line item or you know, first thing in on his list, but not in a way it's not because he's like, muggles can die on sight, right? Like, just kill him. But muggle borns, I think, is slightly different because he he's like, I want to know how you like stole Matt, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some systematic things being put in place for that. And not to say, again, not to say that, like, what what Griphook is talking about is not the same as what Hermione is talking about. And I think that, like, in that moment, she maybe should have not said that. But yeah. ter- what she's saying isn't wrong. It's just wrong in the context of the conversation that they're having. Or, like, but it is wrong, because it's like, girl, just, you can relate to him in a way that's not saying that's- I, too, yeah. feel your pain exactly the way you feel it. Right, right, right. That's what I mean. Like yeah. what she's saying, it's like what she's saying isn't wrong. Like, removed her, from the context of the conversation. Her intent is her, not. Her important. intent is not wrong, and the content is not wrong. It's just in response to what he's saying. It doesn't. It does not mesh. Kind of. Um. Uh. Delia says that Voldemort doesn't value creatures enough to have an agenda against them. So she's right and wrong. Um. But yeah, like- it's just. It's like it's legit. It's not a good look. Like I, I definitely agree. Not a pure blood wizard. Yeah. Even though calling Tom Marvelo Riddle a pure blood wizard is a stretch. Yeah. Even doing that, he—if you're not a pure blood wizard, 
he ain't got time for you. And even if you are a pure blood wizard, if you're a blood trader, f you. So it's very very limited in what the world order that he wants to set up and arrange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, like Delia said, like there's no hierarchy of like, oh, I'm gonna go for this tier, this tier, this tier. But legit, he's only um, aligning himself with where, like, with werewolves and giants because it's useful to him. Um, he's only um, he only captured, you know, um, the Malfoys only made use of Griphook because they knew that he would know um, how to value gold. You know what I mean? Like, they're they see the value in other people or entities as only as far as their ability ability to understand or to like be okay with someone else providing them a service. But when right. it actually comes down to like what they want the world to that work like, like sure they want a world with house elves, but only where the house elves are doing their bidding, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to say like they're gonna stamp out their plan is to stamp out all these different races or even like um muggleborns or um squibs or whatever because it's not necessarily that like they just, they want to step everyone out it's like they like we don't even know what they're doing with the people from the muggleborn registration act mm-hmm. we know that some people are dying but we don't know under which circumstances that they're dying besides getting in like the like, in the wrong place around some death eaters yeah I, yeah it's just it's 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 rough but this is also a moment where, like, J.K. Rowling's own stuff pop, jumps out. Like, you know, where, where's the manifesto? So we can, like, you know, yeah. sit there and, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Um. So she's like, mudblood and proud of it. I've got no higher position under this order than you have, Griphook. It was me they chose to torture back at the Malfoys. I will say, like, again, I- like, we've, we've pretty much talked about it. But also, like, in a way, she's right. Because... Again, it's really just the it's the hierarchy of who can die first, and it's like they're all gonna die, but but Muggleborns are definitely like, at the moment there is no Goblin Registration Act yet, not that there won't be one, Why and not that it's coming. But I also until of a, of a Goblin is a Goblin. Yeah, I don't know. It, this is like, meh. it's all, honestly what it is is that Hermione is reacting to this in the same way that she did house cells when she found out about them in fourth year. And that's what it brought it back me to. Brought it yeah. back to like I too am oppressed. So I understand your plight, my dear brother. Yeah. Um Amani says uh Hermione was tortured because they found the sword in her bag, but no, it was just in the tent. They they just had it. They really they tortured they did torture her because she was muggleborn. Um and maybe for it's some like maybe like, for some like Ron screaming thing, you know? That's really what it was for. It wasn't for the. Yeah. It was it was a little bit of sexism sprinkled in with the Muggleborn-ism. and like in and, and Harry like you know, fortuitously is saved by Hermione by having his face you know, disformed for a second. Yeah. So they couldn't be Harry who was the one that was tortured because they didn't even know it was Harry. You know, Malfoy couldn't right. even tell that Harry's stretch face was Harry. So He's like it might or might not be. I don't know. I don't even know, man. Who is Harry Potter? I ain't never seen him before in my whole life. Dean legit called Harry Harry in front of the Stitchers. <laughs> he did do that. That did happen. Um, 
Okay, and then and then Hermione. So as she speaks, she like kind of shows the cut that Hermione that Bellatrix put on her throat. Um, then she's like, "Did you know Harry set Dobby free? Did you know? Did you know we've wanted house elves to be freed for years? Which is like, first of all, let's not speak for everyone. Um, second of all, it's again, it's very much like we've done all these things for you people, and it's just like. But again, I feel like I feel like not that this isn't Hermione." Right, not that like this isn't something that she would do, um, but if J.K. Rowling had actually been really serious about this particular storyline and had really delved into this, by this point in the story, Hermione should have grown in the way that she advocates for and speaks to non-human magical creatures. You know what I mean? Like we should have gotten through this, and like not so that she wouldn't make mistakes, but we should have gotten through a lot of this mm-hmm. in her fourth and fifth year. And she should have grown and learned from that and like how to be a better ally and whoop de whoop. And like that's obviously not what that happened. That would require because JK Rowling to be a better exactly, ally and exactly exactly Marty's voice. Yep. Um and then like the, the fact that she says, Did you know that we set Dobby free? Like I just like wrote sigh, like the like, good time narrative. It's just not like, the, it wasn't even not like he one. was like fully in realization of what he was doing at the time. It was you know, like I, like I said earlier, it was as much as a like, let me do this nice thing for this um house elf that's been like trying to look out for me this whole year and also it's like it's a way to stick it to the malfoys and a really big middle finger to draco and lucius because kiss my butt yeah so and it wasn't until he spent you know like i said time went on and he actually developed something with for dobby but she's utilizing harry's grief grip hook seeing harry's grief for dobby to help them get in with grip hook and it's like, it just boggles the mind of yeah. how it's not I'm an activist, but I'm also like a wizard and I'm also like oppressed. Like it's just right. so much going on. And she's also going through trauma. So like, it would be so much more like. It's very politician. It would be, it is. But I would say like, it, like this, this moment and if it had gone differently would have been more utilized if we explored her as like an actual person person as opposed to just like a mouthpiece yep and i think that like and i made a note of like her revealing bellatrix's thin line that she had made against her throat i'm like and yet somehow she's not waking up shaking looking at the reflection of right tricks when she goes to the bank like it's okay yeah i mean it's like it's a similar thing for me as like ron's whole like story like with him, his like redemption and like getting over his insecurities and ever happening too late. Um, this is one of those things where she should have grown by now. And we don't ever get anyone challenging her on it, so she never grows. We never get growth. I mean, TM, yeah. Um, but even like, but again, it would require JK Rowling to have grown while reading these, or at least to have like had that, um, Someone with that lens looking over her shoulder. She wrote this and was like, that's my shit. <laughs> I did it. I did I, this thing. I did, you know. To be to be to throw Hermione and JK Rowling a bone, at this point in the 90s where the book is set up, intersectionality had not been coined yet, I don't mm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Okay. We should keep going because yeah. sorry. How long? Like- no, it's not even you. It's the chapter because there's so much to talk about and we still haven't gotten to the wands, which is wild. Um, so 
uh, Griplick asks Hermione what they need, or sorry, asks Harry, sorry, what, what they need from the Strange's vault. Um, because uh, he's like, the sword that's in there is a fake. And Harry's like, but that's not the only thing in the vault, is it? Perhaps you've seen other things in there. Um, the goblin is like, it's against our, co our code to speak of the secrets of Gringotts. We are guardians of fabulous treasures. So he's just, Griphook is like very proud. And he's like, this is my, I know I quit, but like, these are my peoples, you know? And he's, and he's also very like, I'm not gonna like, it's, it reminds me of a lot of HBCU life because we are drilled into us, are like tenants of the school or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, and every H, everyone who's a tenant HBCU, like they have, our school is the blah, 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 blah. And for him, his like, Gringos, we have guardians of fabulous treasures. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's his life. He has to save this. It yeah. is his brain. Like, the illustrious Gringotts Bank. Yes, with yeah. fabulous treasures. <laughs> um, so then Harry's like, so will you help us? We have we haven't got a chance. Or sorry, we haven't got a hope of breaking in without a goblin's help. You're our one you're our one chance. Um Grip Griphook is like, I'll think about it. Um and Harry's like, uh, okay, cool. Ron Ron is like ready to be like, you think about it. We got we gotta do it now. Um, but you know, Hermione and Harry have a little bit more tact. Uh, and Griphook is like, I would like to take a nap now. So if y'all would just like scoot, skirt, skirt out of here so that I can sleep in, in Flora's freshly laundered bed. Um, and Flora, I, I know, I know Flora is just like, so you took, you took him in there for them to question him, but now he's just decided to just take over. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Another, another mark in my brain for exactly. our, our like, Okay. I'm holding on to it. I'm keeping it. Um, so they, they leave, but Harry is sure to take the Sword of Gryffindor with him, which is a, a very deliberate move and continues, like, it is one of those things where, again, like, on Harry's end, he's like, I need this to destroy Horcruxes. So whatever kind of thing you got with the damn wizards and they stole your whoop de whoop. Like I'm destroying Voldemort. He doesn't even know that much. He all he, he doesn't even know. Yeah, he's very much just like I can tell he's territorial about it. Yeah, and I and that's you know not something that I really want to be dealing with. But also, I needed to destroy Voldemort's soul. Like if it was like any again, if this is just any other moment. I'm sure yeah. Harry'd be like, sure, whatever, take the sword. I don't. I think what do I need I with the sword? Also, like here. So there's a couple of things here. One and his. And from what we see of Harry's lens of how he sees Griphook holding the sword, it looks like Griphook is like holding the sword like a blankie, basically, like it's a support mm. item. Yeah. Um, so he probably doesn't take it as more as like, oh, he just wanted to like he had a valuable good, you know, reminding him of his of work. So he's like, you know, holding on to it. But then the other thing here is that um like Harry feels uh ownership. Over the over the sword because it came out of the hat during his moment of need, yeah. and he's having all these flashbacks to Dumbledore telling him about you know moment of need, being a, you know the tenets of being a Gryffindor, being a good Hogwarts, and being loyal, um, and like to him he still has his connection to him feels more personable and more valuable than whatever the Goblin is feeling about it because you know as far as he knows Griffith's only seen the sword in a vault right. and, you know, has no personal ties to it like Harry does. Mm -hmm. And also, he needs it to destroy Horcruxes. Right. Just that, that funny little thing there. Yeah, you know. 
Um, so then, so as they leave, um, Hermione's like, are you saying uh, that there's a horcrux in the Lestrange's vault? And Harry's like, yeah, Bellatrix was terrified. She thought we'd been in there. She was beside herself. Um, I don't know. So then Ron is like, I thought we were looking for places that you know who had been. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, and then he's like, was he ever inside the Lestrange's vault? And Harry says, I don't know whether he was ever inside Gringotts. He never had gold there when he was younger because no one left him anything. Um, but he would have envied anyone who had a key to a Gringotts vault. I think he had seen it as a real symbol of belonging to the wizarding world. And don't forget that he, tr he trusted Bellatrix and her husband, which cracks me up. Like, I know we're talking about Voldemort, but I just love that right. Bellatrix and her husband. Right. <laughs> and, and that dude. And again, a callback to book four, because that's when he found mm -hmm. out whenever Voldemort was talking through his line of Death Eaters who assembled. Mm -hmm. Who 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 alone were loyal to him. Um, but then he, Harry's like, I don't think he'd have told Bellatrix it was a Horcrux, though. Um, he didn't tell Lucius. Uh, and so he probably just was like, it's important to me. Keep it safe. And, you know, that's that. Uh, it wasn't even just, he probably said... The Dark Lord will know if you betray him and his goods. Right. And Bella just was like, I will never words. do that ever. Betray. I've never heard of that. Never ever. Um <laughs> Bianca is like, her what? <laughs> Apparently she got a husband. She had one this whole time. It's crazy. Um, so then uh Harry's like or Ron is like, you really understand him, like as in Voldemort, and Harry's like, bits of him. I just wish I'd understood Dumbledore as much, but we'll see. Come on, Ollivander now. So they go across uh, the the hallway to to see to speak with Ollivander, um, who's lying on a twin bed further from the window, or farthest from the window. Um, and so, you know, he's been he's been held hostage by Voldemort for like almost two, maybe like a year and a half. Uh, so he's definitely worse for the wear and needs to eat some food, drink some water. Yeah, sleep. like the descriptions of him as emaciated and his bones mm -hmm. sticking out against his face and sunken, his eyes sunk into his sockets um, and his hands that are all on the blanket could have belonged to a skeleton. They really recall, like, and I, you know, uh, most of the Death Eater pure blood reign, um, supremacy reign sounds a lot like Nazism. And yeah. the description of Ollivander sounds like a victim of the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me here. I was like, because I, I also read a lot of books about the Holocaust growing up. So like, it just like, as soon as that description came out, it sounded exactly like that to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Harry says, Mr. Ollivander, I'm sorry to disturb you. Um, Ollivander is like, you rescued us. I could never thank you enough. Um, and then Harry's like, we're, we were glad to do it. So at, so this is when, like, during the grip of conversation, Voldemort is still, you know, he's he's on, he's on doing his things. He's like, do-do-do, strolling down the lane toward Hogwarts. Um, and, but now he's getting closer. So Harry is having a harder time holding back the, the visions. Um, so a scar throbs and he knows for certain that there was hardly any time left in which to beat Voldemort to his goal or else to attempt to thwart him. So he feels, and so he feels kind of panicked because he has like a moment of panic where he's like, am I making the right decision? Um, like choosing Horcruxes before Hollows. Uh, so trying to pretend like, you know, he knows what he's doing. He pulls his 
broken wand out of his pouch and he's like, are you able to mend this? And Ollivander is like, no. Um, a wand that has suffered this degree of damage cannot be repaired by any means that I know of. Um, and Harry is like, you know, Coldemort. Um, and then she puts it away and pulls out the other two wands he has and asks Ollivander to identify it. Um, one belonged to Bellatrix Lestrange and the other was the wand of Draco Malfoy. Um, and Harry is kind of like, isn't this still Draco's wand? Um, Ollivander says, if you took it, then it may be yours. Of course, the manner of taking matters. Much also depends upon the wand itself. In general, however, where a wand has been won, its allegiance will change. Um, so this is like a part that I've always not been confused by. It's more just a lot like of interpretation there. Because yeah, it's more like I don't. I I just accept. It's really like the elder wand part where like I've accepted it because like she wrote it and I'm like fine. That's just what happened. But I still don't fully get it. You know, in my um, mind. In my mind, this is how this works. And I, you know, people can probably have probably disproven me already. And I'm just like working on this like headcanon. But like in my head, Draco's wand is the Elder Wand. Because the Elder Wand isn't its wand. It is the properties of being one and building allegiance over time. Mm. So the wand is not the entity of the like vessel of a wand itself. Like the wand that Dumbledore has had as the Elder Wand may not have been very well the wands that the original Peveril brother had. It's just oh, a wand I see what you're of allegiance. So when Draco did Expelliarmus to Dumbledore's wand, he had his wand took the power of the Elder Wand because he held he kept it held on his wand. He did not pick up Dumbledore's wand. So the allegiance and the power of the wand is now in Draco's wand. Mm. And when Harry Expelliarmus the wand and then took the wand, then that's when the vessel of the wands became the Elder Wand. I get what you're saying. I'm still confused, but like I get what you're saying. And I think if like if it comes down to allegiance and being one. I think that's the only way that can make sense to me if yeah. the is a, is a sufficient spell to build that allegiance. And, yeah. And I mean, I think in my head... The wand itself has its properties degraded over time where just allegiance can be given and taken as easily with Expelliarmus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it just to me, it's always like, how does the Elder Wand know that Harry, that Draco has been disarmed and now all of a sudden it's hate? like, it, because the wand, the wand itself is nowhere near. And also, like, how many times has Draco been Expelliarmus, right? Like, it just is like. It comes down to intent. That's what they yeah. say over time for every single spell well, yeah. that is done. Like, it comes down to intent. And, like, Harry's intent at the time was to live. Draco's intent at the time was to later kill Dumbledore and the first thing he could do in that aim was to take his wand so yeah. like that's how it works in my brain well I I'm get sure, the you know. yeah I mean I definitely get the intent part because like we have a lot of people using Expelliarmus just like for practice or whatever so I get how like the wand would understand that this isn't like an actual duel um yeah. Um, Lucia says we need trampolines to complete these jumps. Um, Delia's <laughs> like, I get it, but it barely makes sense. 
Um, the Elder Wand must be a semi-sentient one because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Um, DJ is more confused. Delia says it's only the Elder Wand that can do magic like that. Um, she's down with the theory. Harry couldn't fix his wand with Draco's or maybe he just assumed. Yeah, I don't think he tries to fix it. He didn't try. Draco's. Yeah. He, kinda, he tries with the Blackthorn wand or no, with Hermione's wand and then asks Ollivander if he can do something and then Ollivander's like, nah, and that's pretty much where he leaves it. Um, and then I also think that um, when Voldemort goes and kills Snape later, he holds on to the wand that he thinks is the Elder Wand yeah. in his hands, but he could have eased if the Elder Elder one had actually been the one that Snape had. He could have very well picked up Snape's one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's a transitional property. I don't think it's. A, it's a, a specifically that one. specific wand. I think it's a transitional property of power. Hmm. I. I'm probably thinking harder about this than J.K. Rowling ever did. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Like in my head, I think it's pretty simple. It just doesn't make all. It's. It's still. It's still a reach. I think is what it is. I'm like, mad as an additional property as if I still study math. Like I probably could sit there <laughs> and derive a formula and equation that explains the transitional property of wands. Oh my gosh. Magic and how it moves and formulates itself into other entities. But I am not a math major and I have not looked at math formulas in the longest time besides stats. So like <laughs> don't listen to me. If there's any if anyone here in, in this podcast realm hears my voice and understands math formulas, please show us your magical penmanship on this because i'm oh sure there's, there's a way that this can be explained with science a, a ravenclaw's ravenclaw <laughs> everyone because i got like maybe half of that <laughs> i was with you like i get it but i don't get it <laughs> um there's a formula that's all you have to know i know i'm sure i'm sure i too would like to see it i won't say that i'll understand it but i right. would like to see it i would like to see it Don't yeah um, Tiana says it's wand lore. Wands are semi-sentient and are strongly connected to their owner. They can sense when their master has been defeated and they are not loyal. They will go with whoever beats their master. Which, like, yes. And I get that. And I and I get why Draco's wand works for him. Like, I get all of this, but then I think when the Elder Wand comes in and, like, hasn't really been in play, it... Not that I don't believe that it could happen because it happened. Like, I'm very much, like... Especially when it comes to, like, the source material, like, the books. Like, once we get into, like, extra canon, whatever, then I may or may not be, like, I may or may not reject those things. But, like, what's in the books, I'm kind of like, yeah, it happened, whether I like it or not, or whether I understand it. I think this is kind of the one part of the canon where I get, like, like, I'm like, yes, it happened. I'm still not clear on how. And I and get, and I also get what Ollivander's saying, because I don't think that anything he says in this chapter is confusing. It's just when yeah. it comes back up later. I think it also comes down to, like, JK did not have anyone sit and say to her, make it make sense, girl. Can we right. make this make sense? But also, like, as far as twists go, it's not a bad, like, it. I think that also because of, like, how the plot works, it, it works. It's just when you when you think hard about it. Um, Delia says the Elder Wand asked Draco's wand what's good, and his wand gave him the tea real quick. <laughs> At some point, they just, like, they seen each other, and they're like, oh, oh, you already, yeah, well, it was Harry. Okay, for sure. I just had that's an in-game spoiler thought about sinking up to the cloud, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm, I'm picking that up. Um, that also perhaps is the way that this works. Um, so Harry says you talk about wands like they've got feelings, like they can think for themselves. The wand chooses the wizard," said Ollivander. That much has always been clearer to those of us who have studied wand lore. 
Um, if you are any wizard at all, you should you will be able to channel your magic through almost any instrument. The best results, however, must always come where there is the strongest affinity between wizard and wand. Through almost any instrument is what I'm like. I'm just it's like transitional properties. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So then Harry says, "I took this wand from Draco Malfoy by force. Can I use it safely?" Um, Ollivander says, "I think so." Subtle laws govern wand ownership, but the conquered wand will usually bend its will to its new master. Um, Ron is like, so should I use this one? He pulls out Wormtail's wand and uh, Ollivander, you know, he likes to rattle off. He, it's like a habit for him. Like you pull out a wand, he's like, oh, chestnut dragon heartstring, nine and a quarter inches, brittle. You know what I mean? That was Peter Pettigrew. Like he, that's he, just how he, he like made likes it this. for him. So I feel yeah. like it's, I mean, that's a recent. That's a fresh wand. Basically. Well, no, but he did. He did the same thing for Bellatrix and Draco. I just skipped over it. No, no, I love that about Ollivander. I'm here yeah. for it because it's it very much ties with his like character as a Ravenclaw and being very into his specification of wands. I'm saying for this fresh wand, like, I mean, it may as well just be Ron's wand because Wormtail probably barely used it. You right. know, he probably had Voldemort being like. Give me your wand quick, real quick. You know, like <laughs> let me hold it. The wand was never loyal to Wormtail, really, because it he it was barely with them and probably barely used by him. You know. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. Lucia says and by that did Ron lose his wand? Um. He. I think he lost it when they got caught this time. There's a lot yeah. of shuffling. Yeah, there was a lot of shoveling of wands. But also, I he I don't think he no 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 he got his wand back and then he got the Blackthorn wand and then Harry used the, and yeah I think it was just a lot of shuffling because Harry the Blackthorn wand they no longer have it's still at Malfoy Manor, right. so I think they probably still have Ron's wand as well. Okay, and maybe Hermione's. It sounds like it. I think they have everybody's wand and they just happen to get. New one. Every they got Bellatrixes. And it's a lot of wand shuffling in this moment, so it gets confusing about like who has what. Um. Okay, so then um. Harry is like so. Oh, so Ollivander says if you want it, it's more likely to do your bidding and do it well than another wand. And Harry's like, is this does this hold true for all wands? Um, Ollivander says, I think so. Wand lore is a complex and mysterious branch of magic, which I see. Like, I think that's also partly why I'm okay with not fully understanding the Elder Wand situation because she kind of makes it clear that wand lore is very fickle and a little confusing, and like even wand makers don't fully understand it. Um, and they are, and their whole their whole like life's work is to study it. Yeah. Um, I feel like tell me what makes it exciting. I think that like yeah. when Harry notes, um, I mean, and you know, we note that he finds it super creepy how Ollivander is when he first meets Harry and he's like curious, very, you know, curious. And like, he's like um, the, you know, the person who held the wand went to do great but terrible things. Mm -hmm. And like, even now he finds Ollivander a little like cre creepy and how his like fascination with you know what could be with the things yeah. but it's like legit this man his whole life is based around studying impacts of things and the effects of them and how they work if they if certain things go this way a certain person uses it this is a whole fresh thing that's happened with harry and voldemort mm -hmm. and he's not sure why it's happening and the answer is horcrux but like you know like he's sitting here like yo he's like a mad scientist yes like he's very much like he's also, fascinated like, by wand lore and so like 
in addition to like, yeah, I sell wands, but he's also like learning how to create better wands. He's learning the nature of wands. He's learning like what, like, you know, he, he doesn't know everything. And again, it's, it's imprecise. And like, he knows that, but that's also a part of the lore. Um, but I feel and, like, like why he studies it. So he knows that he's on the precipice of seeing things that no other wand makers ever seen. So he's just sitting here like, I want my notebook, but I'm going to sit here and try to memorize exactly what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then Harry is like, so it isn't necessary to kill necessary to kill the previous owner to take true possession of the wand. Um, Ollivander is getting a little nervous now. He's like, no, I should not say that it is necessary to kill. There are legends, though, said Harry, about a wand or wands that have been passed from hand to hand by murder. Ollivander turns pale and sells only one wand, I think. Uh, and you know who was interested in it, isn't he, said Harry. And Ollivander now is shooketh. He's like, how do you know this? Um, he's, 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 I think he's starting to feel guilty and a little, like, nervous that Harry is blaming him. Mm-hmm. Um, which Harry isn't. Um, but, you know, like, he's, you know, he's like, I, he tortured me. I had no choice but to tell him what I knew, what I guessed. And Harry's like, I understand. So I think, like, every time Harry's kind of like, I understand. So it's, that's not the issue. I just need to get this information. Um, so they talk about the twin cores um, and how Voldemort switched out wands but it didn't work um, Ollivander is like I've never heard of such a thing your wand performed something unique that night because um, again he doesn't know anything about horcruxes uh, and then Harry's like when you know who realized my wand had done something strange he came back and asked about that other wand didn't he um, and Ollivander's like yes he wanted to know everything I could tell him about the wand variously known as the death stick the wand of destiny or the elder wand Um he seeks another more powerful wand as the only way to conquer yours. And Harry's like, but he'll know if he doesn't already that my wand is broken because of Malfoy Manor and the- They have um, all our wands. Yeah. Except for like, he, Harry still has his cause it was, it's broken and it's in the pouch, but like it's useless. Um, you have the, they have the wand that will tell on me that I can't, I, my wand is broken and it cannot be fixed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they have the snitch wand. Yes. Um, and then the Dark Lord no longer seeks the Elder Wand only for your destruction, Mr. Potter. He is determined to possess it because he believes it will make him truly invulnerable. Um, so again, it's not always just about Harry. Like if you wanna if you wanna talk about like bullet points and like the the level, the Voldemort's priorities, Harry is really high on that list. Only but because it's not an obstacle that he know that he's exactly out of his life since he's known about the prophecy, right? So it's still bugging the crap out of him, and he knows that one can only live when the other whatever survives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. So like that's going to be his his biggest thing is to get to clear this obstacle, which is a living person, and then on to the next. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ollivander says the owner of the Elder Wand must always feel attack, fear attack but the idea of the Dark Lord in possession of the death, of the death stick is I must admit formidable um, so this is a moment where Harry's kind of like ooh Ollivander's a little too fascinated by this so we just gonna kind of move along cause yeah like, you, like, it's also like, like when you like the, Ollivander effectively has a PhD in Wand yes. he studied his whole dang life He's been immersed in it his whole dang life. All he does all his life is create wands 
experiment with making new wands, figuring out the power of how they work with different people, noticing that wands choose a wizard no matter what happens, mm-hmm. it cross-cutting and meaning so many different things. And even now, like, you know, we're at the point where all these different wands are crossing different people's hands every couple of hours, right? And it's like, there's something, un- even underneath these, the wands are still choosing the wizards. Right. And so, of course, this man is sitting here, like, interested and, like, captivated, like, what's going on here? And I don't know. It just kind of shows that Harry doesn't have the range of, like, intellectual curiosity sometimes. Right. Like, when you're intellectually curious, you just get excited by crap sometimes. You'd be like, yo, theories. Let's do them, you know? Right. And, like, I mean, I think that he is definitely terrified by, like, the practical application of this, but, by like, theoretically, he's like, I mean, I would like, I would like to know, in theory, what would happen. I don't, like, actually want to know, but, like, oh. it's interesting to ponder, right? And, you know, um, he was tortured by Voldemort, like you said, for, right. like, a year and a half, so, of course, he doesn't want to see it. And for Harry to, like, come out of it, like, oh, no, this is weird. Oh, man seems really hyped about it. It's like, no, he legit was tortured by these people. He has it's just an intellectual, like, at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Hermione, because, you know, she's still skeptical. She's like, you really think this wand exists then, Mr. Ollivander? And Ollivander's like, yes, it's perfectly possible to trace the wand's course through history. Um, and then he's like, whether it needs to be passed by murder, um, I do not know. The history is bloody, but that may simply do, simply maybe do um, to the fact that it is such a desirable object and arouses such passions in wizards. Um, and then Harry's like, Ollivander, you told, you know, who that Grigorovich had the Elder Wand and and Ollivander is still like, but how? How do you know? Um, and as this is happening, Harry is saying that Voldemort is walking through Hogsmeade. Ollivander says it was a rumor. I believe Grigorovich started it. You can see how good it would be for business that he was studying and duplicating the qualities of the Elder Wand. Um, and then Harry stands up and asks Ollivander what he knows about the Deathly Hollows, and Ollivander's like, "Is that a band? Like, I don't, I don't know. Is like, what is that? Is are we still talking about wands? I don't, I don't, I don't listen to hip hop. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the hip hops. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of that. Buffies." <laughs> Um, uh, so then Harry's like thanks very much we'll leave you to get some rest now Um, Ollivander kind of has a moment again where he's like he tortured you know he's trying to appeal to Harry and Harry's like nah I really do get it bro like you thank you for what you had to do or what you for what you've told me like I'm not holding any grudges or anything Um, so then Harry I thought it was very I'm sorry I thought it was a very Ravenclaw-esque thing like him keep like not that he's feeling like he has to explain himself, um, yeah. but that like he doesn't want anyone to walk away without knowing his true intent of what he was like. Yeah. He's like, I truly like like Ravenclaws are not known. Like our property is not being brave. Like we just right. we know we can be, but we also could not be. It really right. depends. And yeah, it's not a defining characteristic. He, Right. And he's like, you know, I was under Cruciatus curse. I am an old man. Right. My bones is rusty. <laughs> I, I'm only really good at sitting here plotting and thinking and working on wands. Like, that's that's what I do. I didn't even know. Like, hard, tor- like, what? I don't mm-hmm. know. And 
he just like you know it's not it's i think he like he respects harry he respects harry's mission and he wants harry to understand that he is a person that can be approached and not have to worry about him having like voldemort he's not like just aligning he wasn't trying to align himself with voldemort he just was tortured um but I also think it has something to do with like the Ravenclaw characteristic of wanting to be understood. Like Luna wants to be understood, mm-hmm. but she just makes two with people not understanding her, you know, because she tries to like nargles. She just tries to let people know what those are. Like she tries to get people to understand um, and, you know, wanting to like, t- like teach people and get people on the same page, but at the same time, you know, feeling misunderstood. And I feel like that's a very Ravenclaw-esque kind of way to approach it. It's like, but you know, yeah. I, I just don't want you to understand me. Like I need like I feel like they like Ravenclaws are like used to having to explain themselves a lot. And he's like still in that that, that mode mm-hmm. of like, let me explain myself. Like but I have to explain myself to you. Um yeah. so then Harry, Ron and Hermione go outside. Um it's a huge effort now to close down the visions that were forcing themselves upon him, but he knew he would have to resist only a little longer. So Harry kind of explains to Ron and Hermione, Gregorovich had the Elder Wand a long time ago, um, and then it was stolen from him by Grindelwald. Um, how Grindelwald found out Gregorovich had it, I'm not sure. Um, and then Harry can see that Voldemort is at the gates of Hogwarts. Uh, and then Grindelwald used El- the Elder Wand to become powerful, and then Dumbledore took it when he defeated Grindelwald and Ron is like well then where is it now and Harry's like it's at Hogwarts Ron is like but then let's go and Harry's like it's too late Harry's on some why did you talk to Grip but now Ron is the one like but the hollows but the unbeatable wand but we know what it is um and Harry says no and he, as he says this he's and I this is one of those things we were talking about before where like you read it and you don't like kind of register things so as he says no he sinks to his knees in the grass and I guess it's because his head hurts, but in my head, I'm yeah. just even, like talking. And all of a sudden, he just like drops to his knees, and it's just I like a very solo from the '90s. Yeah, it's down on my knee, girl. It's something very dramatic, but also like very strange in that moment to just be like talking to your friends, and all of a sudden you're like on your knees in the grass. But okay, I feel like um, the same time, I feel like this is he's finally letting his guard like he's been ho- he's been holding together his yes. like posture, and totally. you know. Earlier, Harry would have fainted and had his like fever dream by now, and he's been holding it together long enough to interrogate two different people on two different subjects and being and- a grave. Like he's really on it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Harry's like, Dumbledore didn't want me to have it. He didn't want me to take it. He wanted me to get the Horcruxes. I'm supposed to get the Horcruxes. Um. And then he that this is when he fully like succumbs now. So he's gliding alongside Snape, which is yikes. Um, gliding along side snake they're both just they're, they're both flying together they're like wow what a time why did snake get to be glider? why can snape glide and why if dumbledore cannot glide himself safely down a tower okay what is this um so they're going towards the lake uh voldemort then sends snape off who uh his back who you know sets off back up the path his black cloak billowing behind him um he casts a disillusionment charm to hide him so that, you know, no one else can see where he's going. Uh, and then he walks on around the edge of the lake, taking in the outlines of the beloved castle, his first kingdom, his birthright. And I just, Tom is so dramatic. But there's also times in this chapter, and we didn't, I didn't note them, but I, 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 I didn't note them as we were speaking, but I noted yeah. them in the book. 
where there are times where you can't tell the difference between a Voldy thought and a Harry thought because mm. they have very similar feelings about about Hogwarts. Yeah. So you get to this thought, and he he goes from beloved to his first kingdom, his birthright, and then right. you're like, okay, very, very it's definitely Harry. Or no, sorry, definitely Tom. Where like the beloved part is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Once it gets to like this then, is my birthright, it's like it's a school, sir. Please. But also, like, this, it's like, is this not the same characteristics of Severus Snape, where he's like the master of the school? You know, like, what is it with these Slytherins and their inflated egos? You know, like, of course. And this is, you know, how there's Slytherin stereotypes, how people feel about Slytherins in real life, because mm-hmm. these awful a holes are their like representatives in the books. But like, seriously, like, master of the school, my birthright is Hogwarts. Like, come on, like, calm down. Please. And I get it because, like, the Chamber of Secrets and blah, 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 but please. Yeah. Like, come on. And also, it's, like, one of four founders. Like, it's not right. even, like, Slytherin founded the entire school. Then, like, no, no. maybe I'll give it to you. But, like, he, literally- did, he did a fourth of the work. Yeah. You, you can literally just go huddle down in the chamber and have a nice, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, chill. Chill out. Um. So then... Here it was beside the lake reflected in the dark waters, the white marble tomb, an unnecessary blot on the familiar landscape. He raised the old yew wand. How fitting that this would be its last great act. He's just so much about symbolism. And it's like a lot every time. And it comes um, to in the end and clap, clap to that. Yeah. Um, the tomb split open from head to foot. The shrouded figure was a, as long and thin as it had been in life. This is like the rudest thing ever. And the uh, the movies crack me up because they show it at the very end of part one and at the very beginning yeah. of part two. And I like that they do that, but I'm also like, y'all just like really had to double up on how disrespectful this shit was. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I just want to, how many other headmasters are buried at Hogwarts? I think it's only Dumbledore. Because I how think many other I'm pretty tomb? sure they say that. Or something like I, I think there are no founders buried at the school. I mean, as far as we like, know, I mean, Salazar did quite a bit, like, he didn't need nothing else, <laughs> he had a whole but, ass space. Like but I'm saying Salazar had a whole effing chamber of secrets. <laughs> the best that Helga Hufflepuff did was have she she gifted house elves a perpetuity, yeah. so there's that. That's that. Um, and she has a cup, a goblet, yeah, freaking. Gryffindor has his sword and the sorting hat. And so the sorting hat is their perpetuity, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ravenclaw only gets the freaking diadem and her daughter. Well, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Her. She has a statue in Ravenclaw Tower. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a lot. They don't really... I, Dumbledore apparently was really that one. Or they're just like, maybe in time it's like sentiment and you know, he defeated two dark wizards. I mean, I was wondering if they were like, oh, they're going to like put his tomb on, like, you know, keep his tomb there for the first, like, you know, is that if it's a thing where they're like headmaster, beloved headmasters get to keep their tombs on the grounds for a year or two and then it just yeah. gets into somewhere else. That would be cool. Because like, who wants to walk around the lake and then <laughs> just like this up? tomb? Yeah, and you know, and you know, the kids are just making out during like the summer, like almost before summer break or whatever. Like, oh, come meet me by the tomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. No, you're not wrong. Um. So then the wrappings fall open. They had left his spectacles on the crooked doze. He felt amused derision. He's like, he reminds me of Loki, and he's like sentiment. <laughs> like he's just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, oh, don't you think he's humans? So you know. Um, have the old fool. Oh, so then he sees um that the, the wand laying um upon Dumbledore's chest, clutched beneath his hands. Had the old fool imagined that marble or death would protect the wand? Had he thought that the Dark Lord would be scared to violate his tomb? Like it's just so like, sir, please. But also Calm like, down. the Dark Lord wouldn't be afraid. But you know, little bitty Tom Riddle is like, you know, peeing into his pants right now by being. That's why Dumbledore. he's so. That's why he's so extra about it because he's like, ha ha, old man, I got you. But he really he has to build himself up. Mm-hmm. He has to build himself up as more than being who he really is in that moment. Because if he actually has to think about, I'm walking up to the grave of a man that I couldn't kill myself. Mm-hmm. I had to have someone else kill him for me. I am lesser than this man. Yep. And I'm going now to try to steal his wand, which I am hoping that will make me nearly as powerful as this man. And it's like, if he, if he had to sit and like not be delusional for a second, he wouldn't be able to do what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. But because he's able to like delude himself, he has to put himself the full cloak of delusion, not just a tiny bit, like at all of it, all the drama. Yeah. So much, so much. It is. Um, so he takes the wand. A shower of sparks flew from its tip, sparkling over the corpse of its last owner, ready to serve a new master at last. So that's the end of this chapter, which is ridiculously long, but it's okay. We got a lot to talk about. It was great. Um, um sorry, everyone. I talked it's definitely a lot not your fault. It's definitely just how the chapter because as I was reading it earlier, I was like, oh, there's no way, there's just too much to talk about. It's definitely it's it's J.K. Rowling's fault, and I promise you, like I have way more notes in my. In I this believe book. so do I. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> We're pushing right. three hours. I'm like, let me not. Look, if you have a one, look, if you the one more episode, I'm ready because my notes. Are yeah, awesome. I mean, I have it. On, I think I have it on my list somewhere. So, it'll come in some iteration. Impartial. You'll you'll just be you'll be there because. Everybody, we all got thoughts. I got thoughts. Um, okay, who is your MVP? It's really hard for me to pick an MVP. I think the only way I feel settled in my decision for MVP is carrying over and making uh, Dobby my MVP once again. Okay. I feel that. It's between Dobby and Floor mm. because... She could have blasted on them. She could have literally blasted them with her wands. Ma'am. The restraint. I wouldn't even be mad. You know? Yeah. Um, I made Harry my MVP. And I think it's in part because, like, this is the moment where he fully has, like, settled in his purpose. I think he's kind of been looking for ways to get out. Not get out of it, but just, like, he's been really aimless about it. Then he had his little obsession. He was doing the most. And, like... I think this is the moment where he fully is like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what I've chosen. And now we're just going to go with it. Um, and then also him, like the way that he honored Dobby was really beautiful. So I made I, him my MVP. I, um, I'm Dobby mine because literally Dobby inspired all of these people. Like he inspired even like Grip Hook who didn't even know Dobby like that to yeah. be be thoughtful and listening to like what's going on with Harry and what's going on like in the mission for the world to not be magic is night, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
So Dahlia makes Harry Potter her MVP for finally getting focused on a mission by choosing Horcruxes. This is a lot because she's working um, in Half-Blood Prince for her plug to all the wizards. Um, but Boy's grade is getting at getting hyper-focused on the wrong task, um, which, man, is an understatement. Uh, Bianca MVPs Harry for doing what needs to be done. Maggie MVPs Harry for giving Dobby a proper burial and recognition. Uh, DJ MVPs Harry. Uh, he's going through so much and still moving forward. And then she also gives a special shout-out to Luna. Aaliyah MVPs Harry for resisting more his more reckless impulses and Voldemort in his head to do what he has to do. Um, Amani MVPs Harry for dropping the quest, uh, capital Q, to work on that obsession and finding the Horcruxes and Floor for not kicking all their asses out into, onto the street. A saint. Man. Um, Tiana MVPs JK Rowling for, realis for, mm, for realistically capitulating with the experience of grief. Lucia MVPs Harry for growing and maturing into the man we all knew he could be, choosing Horcruxes over Hallows, and greeting and treating everybody he interacts with with respect and dignity. Period. Um, who did you bench? You know me. You know, I want to bench systems and societies. Mm -hmm. Um... Right here, see, Vaughn isn't in it enough for me to just like bench him because yeah. he really tried it. He um, did. man, I think it has to come down to the reason for the season and be Tom Riddle because his sense of entitlement crosses boundaries that has people dying in like literal whole races like on the brink of extinction yeah because his own sense of entitlement and his like living up in the white manness and what things should be for him personally and how the world order must suit his own personal ends and his ability to get all those people to be on the same side with him including rich people who had the same idea like it's just and i just like Part of me, like, we get, like, we know who Tom is, we know who Mert is, but we never really get a, po a point where we learn who turned Voldemort yeah. in school. Like, who impressed the pure blood ideology on him? Like, sure, he did a lot of, like, gathering on Slytherin and his thought process of being in Slytherin house and then learning that he was himself a Slytherin and that pushed him to be in that mindset but mm -hmm. who got that started you know like where did all this you know because he, he could have easily been a like he was ambitious and very cruel as a child but he could have easily grown out of that had he had the right mentorship you yeah. know yeah. um and he could have used his terrible but great talents for actual greatness mm -hmm. you know not so much terribleness and it just i just really want to know who that is I feel like um, after reading the second book recently, my mind is really there because it's like Tom mentions having friends as a 16-year-old Tom in the diary. Yeah. Who were his friends in school during this? Who were the OG? Like, like to me, it kind of feels like in Star Wars, um, and I don't know the names for these people because, again, I barely go there, but like the whenever they go to the throne room, 
um, and the last one with Ray and um, Kylo Ren, like fighting mm-hmm. and those are like those um, those assembled Jedi in like the red whatever. Like they yeah. seem like they're Kylo's old friends from um, whenever before he went bad or whatever. And I'm like, what happened to Voldemort's version of those? And right. did like did he kill them? Did they die? Like what? It, I have so many questions about Voldemort. But you know, like but literally. It's it all comes down to Tom, but he's not his he's not this monster by himself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also bitched Tom because like just you know, again, he's the reason for the season. He's like super dramatic, and I just need him to take it down. Like, I mean, he's an evil wizard, he just is what he is. But like birthright, kingdom, like it's literally a school. It's just a school. That's it. And That's I, it. and he's like for all of his like it's beloved it's not like it's not like his beloved because you know he has such fond memories of it it's beloved because he feels entitled like it's his like yeah it, sh- it should be his just like that defense against dark arts uh, position should have been his mm-hmm. and um the only people who are pointed to it for a good minute are his soldiers or whatever like it's it's just please, like i just need him to chill um dj yeah. benches tommy which I love. Um, <laughs> uh, Delia benches the wizarding world for being colonizers, but she'll give it to Ron as a stand-in for the spreadsheet, being the only pure blood wizard in the room. I feel that. Uh, <laughs> Bianca benches the trio and company for going buck in Flora's house. Wash a dish, wash a butt, say please or thank, say a please or thank you, something. Which you know, respect. Um, Amani benches Tom for desecrating his teacher's grave and flying with the shampoo deficient, all for nothing. If you want to take an ancient relic from the cold, dead hands of someone's grave, grave you ask Bill Weasley to do it. Yikes. I mean... um, <laughs> Maggie benches Dumbledore for keeping Harry in the dark, apparently, so he can do this at the right time and making Harry struggle to learn occlumency from a trash teacher who hated him instead of, of mm, instead of learning to uh, use love to keep Voldemort out. Aaliyah benches um, the Wizarding World for establishing the magic har- hierarchy that allowed the oppressed to suffer under the guise of, j- of tradition. Um, Lucia benches Bellatrix for being a hateful racist murderer and never being willing to learn or grow. All that juju's bad for the baby. That doesn't exist, so I don't even know. I don't, what I don't about. know what sort of fetus that is. Bellatrix um, has a baby? That's crazy. Is she um, a cat? cat pregnant? I don't that's wild. What that plot twist, man. Um, Tiana benches Voldemort for being the head Death Eater and encouraging hate, violence, and fear to run rampant. Um, also, honorable honorable mention to Bellatrix for having such hate in her heart and even wanting Voldemort after he tried to kill her, her family, and everyone in the room after finding out that Harry escaped her grasp as she's in her first trimester. I still don't know what y'all are talking about. That's crazy. The first trimester of, of running like a like a triathlon. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it is. That's, I, yeah. Um, Bianca just had to go ahead and Photoshop Ollivander's face on um, Wong from Marvel and said, y'all about to go fight Voldemort? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would be slightly more accurate if that were Aberforth, but I'm with you. Both. Well, she, she can bring it back for that chapter. Bring it back, yeah. Yep. I, I love, just, we have so many memes now. It's great. Um... Great. So thank you for listening and thank you, Portia, for, for joining to talk about wand stuff and other things. And we probably need to do it again because we didn't even like really go as deep as we could have. 
Um, next week, we'll be discussing chapter 25 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Shell Cottage. So make sure to follow along. Let us know who you think is the real MVP and who has been for the chapter and all Deathly Hallows chapters previous. Um, also, we are now, this is officially like where, like if you personally, we're not going to do this because we're going to watch both movies together. Um, but if you would like to, you know, between this episode and next episode, watch Deathly Hallows part one, you may do so because this is where it ends. Um, but we're not, again, we're not doing that. We'll skip. Um, we'll just do it all at the end. And join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team. Don't forget to write your flash fix and post them tomorrow um, with the hashtag Accio Books. Don't forget to fill out our survey. You know, like don't have our trio out on their knees in the in the grass begging and pleading. You can just do it. You know. Um, also, send in your questions for our Owl Post episode by May tenth. Um, we can answer questions on Harry Potter. We can answer questions on, um, I don't know, Tom and, and drama, Mellow, melodrama. I love talking about melodrama. It's my favorite. Um, if you're struggling to think of questions, you know, think about what Ollivander would do. And just like, you know, well out, you know, with your mad scientist questions. Yeah, I mean, these, these questions can, I will say like these questions can be like, you don't have to have chill. You just have to have logic and like don't you know like let's have like there are boundaries but yeah. i don't really think y'all would like cross those you know and also like if we see it we'll just won't we won't answer it but like um it doesn't have you could just ask us our thoughts on like the latest boogie fashions you know or That's like you know fine. ask about how angelina thomas did her hair or other black girls did their hair there's some, yeah there's lots of there's lots of stuff you can ask about um and again it doesn't just have to be about harry potter but like if we talk about harry potter for that time like Who's going to complain? Not me. Um, so yeah, check us out. Blackgirlscreate.org. Twitter at We Black and Nerds. You can follow Portia on Twitter at Portia underscore Obvi. Um, hashtag wizard team. And I think that's it. Thanks, y'all. Yay. Bye.